Hello, listeners. It's the first day of spring, and we're excited to bring you episode number 86 of the SoCo Show. This is, of course, Sir Fisty McRopes III. Sure and it is. And I'm, I'm joined, as always, by Seth Ott. Not a fisty guy. Not a fisty guy. But you're a spring guy. You're pretty stoked about, about spring. I do today, like spring. Sure. They had free, uh, free ice cream cones today at Dairy Queen, but I didn't take advantage, unfortunately. What? Yeah. That's the biggest surprise I've had this year. I've had a lot of surprises. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I got I got to keep the keep the calories low uh, for this upcoming weekend. That's right. Uh, Team Soco is hitting the road. We're going to Vegas this weekend, uh, which uh, hopefully will provide us with good material for the show next week. Because I know I'm finna wild out. I've been stressed out for a while, and I need to blow some steam. <laughs> oh, Mister McRopes is going to be uh, slinging them all across the city. <laughs> Well, we got a lot of fun stuff on the show. Uh, really excited to get into, I think, some interesting topics and some things that I'm that I'm really stoked about. Before we jump in, uh, you were telling me you want to talk about something funny that happened to you this week. So uh, it would have been yesterday, uh, Tuesday. <clears throat> so I don't often get a lot of text messages. Most of the time, they're just they're just from you. But I think we talked about a few weeks back or a few months back, maybe John Wick was coming out with a bunch of promotional stuff, and. Okay. You could sign up for it, and they'll send you text messages when things happen. And, the, and like there was, a, I think the first one was for the trailer or something related to the trailer. And so you're, they're still sending out text message for this, and because um, there's a new trailer coming out coming out Thursday. And so on Tuesday, they get us gave us a a, a preview. And so between uh, ten fifty one and ten fifty three, there's three text messages. One at each minute interval. And at 10.51 was the first one from John Wick. And it was, you are not the only one waiting for Mr. Wick. Updates to follow on IGN today. Okay, cool. He got excited for that. Uh, Followed up was, uh, at 10.53, was Jared. Uh, He's also signed up for this. Exactly. And he's been, uh, we've been going back and forth about this John Wick stuff lately. And he says, new John Wick trailer today, question mark. Did you get that text? Uh, But at 10.52, I got one that definitely didn't fit in with the... uh, the series of text messages and uh it was uh from one cody michael and he uh he he definitely didn't get the john wick text message instead he gave me a a shower thoughts for the day (laughs) and that text message said you ever have a fart so bad after you get out of the shower that it makes you want to get back in oh that's nasty by the way, I haven't either. I was just checking to see if you had. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I had a screenshot. You sent me that a one. screen cap. Yeah, you have to you have to tweet the screen cap because I, I I saw the screen cap and laughed really hard because it was like John Wick, Cody's fart, John Wick. <laughs> <laughs> Not one of my prouder moments, but uh, yeah. By the way, if you have ever had uh, um, if you ever flatulated so bad it made you want to take a shower, uh, <laughs> tweet at us. Tweet at us at underscore Cody Michael at Soko Show Potter at Seth Watt. And uh, tell us about your experience. Also, uh, we are recording on Wednesday the 20th, but on Thursday the 21st, new John Wick trailer came out. So if you're listening to this show on Friday, uh, you have that available. So go check that out. We'll talk about our thoughts on next week's show. And mm-hmm. uh, you'll probably get to hear Seth have an orgasm on the on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't be the first time. <laughs> on this week's podcast, we mentioned before, a lot of fun news to talk about. We're also going to introduce a brand new segment. Uh, this is a segment we're going to be calling... Uh, cracking the code. And uh, after that little little horn ditty there, uh, every week we are going to be instituting a secret word. 
And it's going to be a secret word that I predetermined before the show. And I will let the listeners know what they are at the beginning of each show. And the, the, the game is that I have to find a way to sneak this word into the show without Seth knowing. If I say the word and Seth calls me out on it and says, that was, that was a secret word of the day, then you're going to hear this. And Seth will have won and he will have cracked the code for that week. So I think this is going to be fun trying to, trying to squirrel. And you know, my pun game is so strong. So it's going to be hard to not make it super obvious because I'll, I'll put it into a place that I know is clever. And it's really hard for me to say something I know is clever without being a real <laughs> asshole about it. <laughs> And it, the, these words are going to come from the very depths of my imagination. They will all be uh, very intriguing words and thoughtful words. And uh, I'm excited to, to bring them to you, the listener, and to stump Seth. I think, I, I think I'll get you stumped this week. I'm pretty excited about this week's word. <laughs> so if everybody knows the rules, what I'm going to do is I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mute Seth so Seth can't hear me, and I'm going to tell the listeners at home, this is, uh, is going to be the word of the week. The word of the week is sphincter sphincter all right we welcome seth back into the show the listeners at home know the secret word but seth does not so we'll see if i'm able to sneak it in i'm excited i think i will actually i don't think i will at all i think i'll say it and i'll laugh (laughs) and then you'll you'll know for sure All right, lots of fun stuff. Uh, what do we got? Uh, new video games, big exciting video game news. A lot of m- fun movie trailers we're going to talk about. A couple reviews, we'll get back into the TV corner. But before we do any of that, we got to start like we always do with chic tweets. I call you a punk. We've been talking about the chic, uh, I think last week, we talked about the chic uh, kind of being MIA on the tweets. And uh, we asked our listeners to send good vibes the Sheik's way. But uh, what we didn't realize, or at least what I didn't realize, was uh, Sheiky Babe was celebrating last Friday. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, the Iron Sheik had himself a birthday last week. So we definitely had to uh, tweet out about that. I didn't get a response. I was pretty bummed. Yeah, no no response from the Iron Sheik. But, uh, you know, still still appreciate him nonetheless. nonetheless. But he was back on the twits this week. And he... Uh, tweeted something earlier today that didn't make any sense to me but uh thought it was funny and random so i went with it uh cookie monster i suplex you <laughs> this is uh this is of course the blue cookie monster from from uh, sesame street i don't know of any other one what what could what could uh what could the cookie monster have done the sheik is gonna make the cookie monster humble it sounds like sounds sounds like it but uh yeah i mean it makes sense because iron sheik is clearly an ice cream guy so well, all great men are, Seth. We should we should all know that. That's true. We are ice cream men, and so is the Iron Sheik. And that's been Sheik Tweets. I call you a punk. Let's shout out our sponsors. First of all, audibletrial.com slash SoCo. Hit the link in the description box. You're going to get 30 days of Audible and your first book for free. Free! Mathis Designs on Etsy. It's etsy.com slash shop slash Mathis Designs for all your stationery and graphic design needs. Pee! And Mike's Wood. Etsy.com slash shop slash cornfed and wood to get your wood worked. Yeah, there it is. There it is. I like it. Let's jump into the show. We're going to start with, I think, some very, very exciting video game news. Video games! Whoa! Whoa! So we, this, is, this goes back a while, but we had a conversation uh, quite some time ago about video games and what we see as the future of games. And I have been a proponent for years now 
about going to strictly strictly streaming video games and getting rid of all these discs and all that bullshit. And we've been talking about whether PS5 would do that, whether the next Xbox would do that. Well, it turns out we don't need to wait on them to do that because Google has showed up to the party. And they're introducing a platform called Google Stadia, or Stadia, I don't know how you say it, which does not have a console. It's based within the Chromecast network, and you buy a controller for it. But other than that, everything works through the cloud. There's no discs. Uh, You don't have to download anything. It's 100% streaming only. They're saying that you're going to be able to do, uh, I believe, 4K and 60 frames per second. So right up there with with what we're seeing now. I saw 1080p. 1080p. Um, and I think it might have to do with which Chromecast you have. I think if you have the Ultra Chromecast, you, you might mm-hmm. be able to get some some more out of it. But uh, but you know nothing has really been seen yet. There was a quick demo done this week, um, but uh, certainly we won't know more until we do. Uh, but we do have the idea, and apparently you're going to be able to do this on your TV with Chromecast, uh, on your your PCs, uh, on your Apple products, on your phone. And on pretty much anything. And they did a demo of having the ability to go, to go from your PC to your TV like instantly. It takes like a second. Basically as long as it would take you to pop up on a YouTube video on your Chromecast. Which I think is incredible. Uh, I personally am a huge Google fan. I, I already can tell you I'll be an early adopter of this because I love Google so much. And if I can have everything in my life be Google, I will. Uh, I know that's not quite for everybody. But I'm interested to hear your thoughts on this. Do you think that there's room in the market for this type of thing and do you think that they have an opportunity here to get at folks who aren't console gamers or maybe can't afford a $500 console uh, I could see them I could see them doing decent like definitely more casual people I would bet like mm-hmm. especially if these controllers are cheap you know people you could buy you know two three four of them and be able to play party games or whatever like that I, I'm skeptical on how this is going to work like, you know, they can show demos all they want, but, you know, if you don't have the fastest internet in the world or your internet goes in and out or whatever, you know, that's going to cause issues. Now, I mean, I've done streaming games before, like, you know, PlayStation Now uh, has, you know, has that. And it works pretty well. And that was even before I had fast, you know, the fast internet that I have now. But, I, you know, it just makes me concerned, especially like if, if they do 4K, like the, the article I saw said 1080p, 60 frames per second, which would be, you know, your 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 switches and, and prior generation consoles. But if it does end up being able to do 4K, uh, that's going to take a lot. That's going to take more than 25. Uh, so sorry, I should back up. The article I saw said it's a minimum for 1080p, 60 frames per second would be 25 megabits per second Internet. A 4K would probably be. From I mean, with streaming Netflix, that's about that. You need about 25 megabits per second. So, uh, you know, I bet maybe double that, like 50. And to have that consistently would be would be tough. So, I, I mean, I just don't know how that's all going to work. But, I, I mean, you know, if they release... You know, if they release certain games for it, I think it'll be popular. It just It's just one of those things where I don't see, like, your hardcore gamers or even, like, your more... Even your casual gamers who you know, play your Maddens and FIFAs. I don't necessarily see them playing this on a, on a Google Chrome. I'll pick up a controller just because it, you know, I'm hoping it's cheap. And like I said, party games and things like that might be cool, but uh, I'm, I'm a little concerned if they try and go for the hardcore market that they fail there. Yeah, I, I can actually agree with you on that. Um, and I, I find myself in recent years becoming more of a casual gamer and playing, you know, kind of the, more of the silly games. But yeah, I, I don't think that 
I don't think it's Google that does that isn't ready for this, but I just think the internet, the infrastructure we have for for connections, is not going to support streaming a God of War, you know, or or mm-hmm. Red Dead Two, you know, it's it's it, it just isn't. Uh, we don't have the infrastructure for that. But uh, I do think that Google will make the most of what it does have. And if you can get, you know, God, it's so hard to think of a game that's not an exclusive now. That's the other the other trouble that Google is going to have is getting games. I think. Like I'd say, like maybe an Assassin's Creed would be okay. So yeah. You could do, uh, I mean, even you could do like all EA games, you know, Madden, your, N- your NHLs, things like that, because um, those are all not exclusive, but I just don't see those games working super mm-hmm. well on a streaming platform yet. Um, you know, eventually I think it, it will, but especially Chromecast, like, you know, I my Chrome, you know, Chromecast works well, but, you know, you still have your issues with streaming certain things and, and all that every once in a while, so, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I don't, I don't know, it's, it's, I'll, I'll try. I mean, I have a Chromecast. I, you know, I have multiple Chromecasts. So, you know, and, and if the controllers are cheap enough, you know, if they're fifty bucks or whatever, I'll pick one up and try it out. Um, but it, it's not. I don't see it replacing my PlayStation or anything like that. You know. Right. Yeah, I can agree with you there. I've got the PlayStation and the Xbox, and and I'll I'll keep them. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna punt my Xbox off my balcony just because Google came out with a cool controller. Um, <laughs> but I am excited for this. I'm excited because I think I think this will work. I, I think I I trust that Google will make this work. Um, but also, I'm excited for what it means for the future of games. And I think really what's, what's going to slow us down at this point is, uh, again, the, the internet, you know, and uh, mm-hmm. the infrastructure there. But uh, I'm excited to see, you know, the ne- what seems like it could be kind of the next step in someone taking that. Uh, even if it's just for a portion of the market, for just a portion of the games. Uh, I think there is room for this. And I'm, I'll be excited to pick some stuff up. And, and play it on the Chromecast because yeah if if so we already have Chromecast but even if you don't you buy the the super the super Chromecast for what is it seventy bucks something like that um, and then if you get the controller for let's assume it's fifty uh, one hundred and twenty bucks is cheaper than any game console and I would expect the games to be cheaper as well um, but that remains to be seen so yeah, I doubt it could that. be it could be more accessible to folks but then also you're gonna have to have high speed internet so maybe it's mm-hmm. maybe it's less so. Uh, than I'm thinking, but I think this is, a, I'm, I'm excited for what this might mean and what it could be. And, uh, I'll be a day one, I'll be a day one Google Stadia or Stadia, um, owner. <laughs> I can tell you that much whenever it does come out. I don't think we have any details about release dates yet, but, uh, I think it's going to be sooner rather than later. I don't know if it'll be this year, but I don't think we'll have to wait too long. It's been a while since we had some video game news. So I'm glad we got to, uh, <laughs> let's, let's listen, let's listen to the sound one more time. Cause just, we really do. Video games. Boo. Yeah. Exciting stuff going on in video games. As it relates to video games, I, I, uh, this week I, I got uh, 2K Basketball 2019, mm. and I'm bad, dude. I'm so bad. <laughs> I, I, used to be, I played a lot of it in college, like 2K12 and 2K13, mm-hmm. but now they've made it really realistic, and it, it's made it really slow. I think we've talked about this with the new WWE games as well. Mm-hmm. Um, they try to make it so realistic that it makes everyone really slow, and it's really annoying. Uh, and I'm just bad at it. Like I get crossed <laughs> over by guys all the time and people are dunking on me and I can't hit a fucking shot. So uh, did, uh, did you, you get that for Xbox or PlayStation? Uh, I got it for Xbox. Actually, my brother bought it and we share games. Oh, so, okay. um, so I was able to get that, but, uh, yeah. So if you're looking for an easy win on, uh, NBA 2k 19, uh, look for a CO three, four on uh, Xbox live and, and you can beat the pants off me. And if you want to play uh, Burnout Paradise Remastered, look for Cervix Buster. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Burnout. We picked up Burnout Paradise and played a little online yesterday. 
uh, $5 on the PlayStation Network. So if you have a PlayStation and uh, you want to wreck some cars with us, uh, do that. Five bucks, burn out paradise, and look for <laughs> look for Chef and Cervix Buster yeah, uh, cruising and, around and, Paradise uh, City. Look, look out for Pole or whatever that guy's name was. Yeah, I played with a guy named Pole, and then uh, what was the other guy's name? Bison? Something, something Bison, Wilson Bison, like, or some shit like that. Yeah, as a W. Some, yeah, whatever it was, that guy was he was fucking us up because we didn't. know <laughs> Yeah, so if people don't know what it is, like you can people can just hop in and out. Like so, Cody and I were playing, just driving around, crashing each other, and racing and stuff, and people can pop in and out, and so uh we would just like randomly have these people come in and like just crash us and then just leave like we, they wouldn't even race us they would just crash us and leave <laughs> one of the guys had the cheat code who stuck his middle finger out the window at us when he left it was really insulting so yeah so, if, it, um, if especially if any of our friends out there uh, who have playstations you spend the five dollars come join us so it's not just us crashing at each other <laughs> Yeah, I promise it's cooler than it sounds when we describe it. Video game stuff. Uh, get on and play with us or tweet at us. Get a hold of us if you want to hook up on some games and uh, we'll crash some cars Gross. or some shit. For now, let's move on. And I think this will be a fun edition of Mambo Number 5. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Mambo Number 5. So, Seth, last week we talked about a couple of trailers for upcoming movies we're excited to see. Uh, we had Booksmart and we had Good Boys, uh, both of which are kind of your nasty middle school to high school age kids uh, getting into some shit that they shouldn't be getting into. And uh, it got us thinking about coming to age movies, which is a genre that I know you're a big fan of. Um, and I am as well. And so we decided to count down some of our favorite uh, coming of age movies and shows and, and whatever else. Teen, Don't mostly be mostly be movies, and I would think. teen comedies as well. That's and included. Teen comedies. In there. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, if they're, if they're yeah. under 18, probably doing some stuff they shouldn't be doing if they're under 18, uh, then it is includable in this week's Mambo number five. So this is a good one. Uh, anybody who knows me already knows my number one, but uh, but let's let's see if we can surprise some folks with what's in between. Number five. My number five is one that we might have in common. Uh, it's more recent than any of my other ones. This is Edge of Seventeen. No, it's not on my list. That that was a, that'd be an honorable mention. But okay, yeah. So this is Haley Steinfeld playing a seventeen-year-old, just kind of going through the regular bullshit of being a seventeen-year-old girl. Uh, she's got Woody Harrelson as her wacky teacher. Uh, Blake Jenner is her mm-hmm. brother, and there's some interesting dynamics going on with them. Uh, her friend in this is we we've just talked about her recently. Um, she's in Split. Uh, yeah, I can't yeah. remember her name, but uh, just Haley a really Lou fun Richardson. Little, Haley Lou Richardson. That's fucking it. Ho- holy uh, crap! I can't believe I pulled that. <laughs> so it's a really <laughs> nice cast. It's a really tight script. Uh, short movie. It's under two hours. Uh, kind of that witty dialogue that you'd expect from uh, from a movie about a teenage girl. And uh, it's just a fun little ride. It's got a little bit of heart to it, which is really nice. It's very funny. And was a surprise to me uh, when I went to it. Uh, was this 16 or 17 uh, movie that it came out? And I think you and I went together. And I was very pleasantly mm-hmm. surprised by it. So I have it uh, I have it as number five. So my number five uh, movie that came out. So actually my five and four are both movies that came out this last year. But my number five... Uh, is Love Simon? Um, oh fuck! I should have included that one. That that would yeah. be an honorable mention for me. Yeah, it's a. I'd say that's more of a coming of age, uh, you know, story. I think he's. I think Simon's in his senior year, isn't he? In this, I in think that. So. But yeah, definitely. I mean, it's it's. So it was surprisingly funny, very uh, heartwarming, heart uh, heartfelt, uh, really good performances all around. Even from some, 
I would say B level actors and and Jennifer Garner and and uh, and uh, Josh Dumal or Du Hamill. But uh, you know that this was this is like the first big surprise for me of of last year. Um, just how much I enjoyed that movie, and and I think even even when we talked about in our top ten list last year, like that's one that barely missed the cut um, for mm-hmm. me anyway. And uh, yeah, just just a hell of an enjoyable movie, and uh, all around will make you you know by the end make you feel good. So the his journey of, from the beginning to the end, where he where he grows and you know comes of age, uh, gross. You know, it definitely was uh, you know a really solid coming of age movie, and and really kind of a new age one, you know, in a way mm-hmm. too, you know, it, it's, it's something, it's a coming of age movie for, you know, people who, you know, are, are in that same situation coming out and things like that. So you don't really have a whole lot of those that treat that properly. And I think that one does it. So, yeah, this was, uh, this did make my top 10 last year. Uh, I loved love Simon and it's one of those movies that it, it's, it's one of the first movies I can remember that treated a gay character as a normal person. You know, and it's weird that it took this long, at least for me to see one of these. Um, it wasn't all, it wasn't like, here, he's he's fucking gay, and that's his thing. It was just like, he's a kid struggling, mm-hmm. like all of us do, and happens to be gay. And they're dealing with a lot of new age, like uh, internet and social media is involved in here. It really is, a, it's a, 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 as 2018 as anything in my list is, probably more so. Um, I love this, can't recommend it enough. Everyone should see it. Number four. So my number four, th- I think this was maybe borderline counting uh, for this category, but I have The Sandlot at number four. And I know it's mostly about kids, but kind of the end of The Sandlot deals with them growing up and, and how mm-hmm. all that goes. But um, yeah, I, there's not a lot to say about The Sandlot besides that it fucking bangs. Uh, there's a great cast. There are rumors, there are rumors of a sequel uh, with the original cast as adults sort of uh, reconnecting. TV series is what it would be. TV series. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'll watch that. I think it could be very interesting. And I love a movie that, and a lot of uh, a lot of things on our list will, where the end of the movie, you know, you, you, you see this little slice of life as a bunch of kids and then everyone kind of separates and goes their separate ways. And that's really fucking sad. But mm-hmm. it's, um, I think it's a good device for movies. I think it's, it really makes you feel in a way. And Sandlot, I mean, I played baseball as a kid fucking every day. So... Um, that one really connected with me and it's hilarious. I most recently watched it like a year ago and it's still, it holds up super well. Um, yeah, it can't say enough about the Sandlot. It, it great, great, great fucking movie. So yeah, my number four again is one that came out last year as well. Um, this one is definitely higher on my list for the top 10, but it's eighth grade. You know, definitely. I, I think this, I think this is another, uh, pretty good definition of coming age. I mean, it's her, uh, you know, Elsie Fisher's character, you know, going from, uh, Go, you know, go, going out of middle school, and and so she, you know, learn. He has to go through a lot in that year and and grow up, and it really is like her looking towards the future and all that stuff. And uh, there's there's so many themes in there uh, that I really really enjoyed, um, and especially the stuff with like her and her dad. Really, something that got me, and and that you know, I think there's so many themes in that that relate to coming of age and growing up and things like that that really hit home and. Um, it was also really funny too. There's a lot of really funny moments, some really cringeworthy moments, um, but all around, all the way, all around, um, I loved it uh, from from start to finish. And uh, it's one of those I think as time goes on, like I don't know how many more times I'll watch it. Like you know, maybe a few more times, you know, over you know the next how many years. But uh, it's one of those that I'll, I'll I'll always remember going to see, and um, it's one that I think will probably grow on me as time goes on, especially as a coming of age movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think the, so I, I liked eighth grade, uh, not as much as, as kind of the general public, not as much as you. Um, but it, 
I think it, I think it was really well done, and it scares the shit out of me because I, like I know how I was in eighth grade, and these kids are way more mature. So like thinking about like when we if we eventually have kids, like how tough it's going to be to be a parent at that time, and how tough it already is. Like that that was the stuff that connected with me a lot was the dad having to try to figure his fucking daughter out. And uh, I thought that this one did it super well. I, I did like eighth grade. I'm, I'm hoping to watch it again. It didn't land with me as much as I hoped it would, um, but I'm hoping to give it another chance sometime. Yeah, and also I think part of the issue with you watching it was you did watch it with your parents, and that was kind of probably a weird thing. <laughs> yeah, I had to watch a teenage girl Google how to give a blowjob with my mom sitting next to me. So that was, yeah. You don't want to be in the same room as your mother and any thought of blowjobs. Uh, it's not it's not bode well for any anybody in that situation so it's uh, horribly awkward and probably had a big effect on my enjoyment of the movie <laughs> number three i would have put this number one and i think like if you had to pick an objective best coming of age movie it, it would be american pie um mm. i have a couple that i enjoy more but this is the quintessential like getting getting ready to get out of high school trying to get laid fucking pies like we've all been through this <laughs> <stuff>. and <laughs> it uh, pretty much introduced us to eugene levy and made him a big star uh the the cast of this is awesome uh it's mediocre acting i was i was thinking about this today and i was like i watched this recently and i can't remember why and it was when i was in iowa with you we watched it yep for whatever yep. reason and uh there's just so many iconic fucking scenes from american pie that are that are amazing and it it has some heart to it too you kind of have to look for it because <laughs> it's in between a bunch of dick jokes mm-hmm. um, and some of the stuff in this doesn't age super well but uh but american pie is definitely like as wacky as it is like kind of accurate like how it is to be a 17 18 year old boy and a young man and basically everything is about boners, and <laughs> that's uh, that's what American Pie is, and it was, it's shockingly accurate for how wacky it is. Yeah, I th- and that's what's going to be on my headstone is basically everything is about boners. So, <laughs> I think we might have our show title. <laughs> that's not even the show title. That's like the description of the show. Basically, everything <laughs> is about boners. So my number three is a little uh, unorthodox. Um, but I think you'll get where I'm coming from here. Uh, it's it, the the newest it. See, I I I bet uh, I guessed that you would have it on your list. Yeah, didn't make your list though. Uh, not quite. I had an actually I had it as number six. It's my my highest honorable mention. Okay, that so uh, that the the dynamic with the kids and them growing up and just their the the overall just the like the chemistry they all had was my favorite part of that movie. Like. I was never really scared in that movie. You know, like, there's a few jump scares, but I think because the movie felt more like a coming-of-age movie to me, I was, like, way more bought into it and just, like, way more, like, happy. You know, because because of their 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 jokes and the way, like, the way they interacted with each other just felt really genuine. I don't know. Like, they captured childhood really, really well in that movie and, and the growing up aspects and things like that. And... And, uh, yeah, I, I loved that part of it. I, it was one of my favorite movies. If we would have done top 10 list that year, I think I would have put that on there. It, it, I loved that movie. I mean, I, and I, I keep forgetting the sequels coming out this year. So really pumped about that. You're fucking but, right. Uh, uh, I think the sequel, when you pair it, when you pair them together, will just hammer home and it'll shoot the it pair to the top of your list because the book it, uh, if you consider the entirety of the story, not just the kids part, uh, is about growing up. That's what it is about. 
And mm-hmm. uh, the book, I mean, man, I cried a bunch of times in that book um, because of how it talks about growing up. And uh, I think when you see the sequel, uh, it's only going to hammer home what you're already saying. Yeah. So I'm really excited for that. Um, you know, the, the, I don't know, just like there, there's so much about the, like the movie has just a ton of heart for being a horror movie about a clown that kills people. That movie has a ton of heart. And, and so I'm, yeah, I'm excited for the, the sequel. And that's, again, that's going to be one. Honestly, I think that movie is kind of what flipped my enjoyment of certain horror movies. Um, mm. because they, that movie proved to me anyway. And, and, and really, I think that did flip a lot of the thoughts about horror. I, th- I would say good out kind of like drove that home, mm-hmm. but I think it was the one that it actually, what came out first? Did it come out first uh, or get out, get out, get out was first in 17. Okay. And then it so, was later in 17. That so was maybe get it. So, so maybe get out proved it. It drove it home where it was like horror movies can be. They don't have to just be jump scare, creepy creature. You know, like mm-hmm. these movies can have really good writing, really good acting, heart to them, all that stuff. And I, I think that's maybe a little different conversation, but that's why I, you know, have been going to more horror movies. I've seen, you know, things like Hereditary and Happy Death Day and, you know, going to see Us Tomorrow and things like that is because of movies like It and Get Out where they were just able to flip that horror genre kind of on its head. And yeah because it was a coming of age movie at its core in my eyes anyway, you know, that that's what really did it. So it love it. Booyah. Number two. So my number two is a TV series. And if I said, um, I'm going to have on my list, a, a TV series about a young boy as he grows up and eventually leaves high school, you would probably say, Oh, I bet it's boy meets world, but it's fucking mm-hmm. not because the wonder years is better. I knew and, uh, I knew you were going to say the Wonder Years. Yeah, and Fred Savage is better than Ben Savage, and I will fight someone over that. Um, so he he is, but he's not better than the Macho Man Randy Savage. <laughs> okay, yeah, Fred Savage is number two on on the list of Savage. You committed fully to that. I'm, did you do the hands while you did it? Oh, one hundred percent did the hands. <laughs> mm, dig it. Dig it. (laughs) Um, So, (laughs) Fred Savage. Fred Savage in the Wonder Years. um, I mean, it starts with him. I think he's in like the sixth or seventh grade, and it's set in the 60s, I think. There's kind of that backdrop of the world around him is changing uh, while he is growing up, and he's falling in love and meeting people. And uh, this this has the most heart. Like, probably one out of every three episodes in Wonder Years makes me cry. They get into so much deep stuff about, like, parenting and about being a sibling and a friend and a boyfriend and all this stuff that they weave in. And then they have, um, oh, the guy's name, I can't remember, David Stern. David Stern is the voice of Kevin, and he's narrating it from his adult perspective and saying like, oh, here's what I thought when I was 12. And uh, it's super well like acted for these these young kid actors. Um, the dad in this is amazing. He, he totally breaks my heart a hundred times in the show. Um, and then Winnie Cooper is the coup de grace when it comes to the Wonder Years. She was the fucking perfect like kid crush to have. And uh, Danica McKellar is her name. Smoking hot uh, when she grew up. So now that she's an adult, she can absolutely get it. <laughs> So if you needed, um, uh, if you haven't seen the wonder years, I think it's on Netflix. I don't know if it still is, but I, I recently a handful of years ago, watched the entire thing on Netflix and it's amazing. It has a great capper at the end. Uh, 
kind of similar to like a 70s show, um, but a little more sweet uh, and with a little less comedy. But uh, Wonder Years bangs, man. And if you love Boy Meets World, that's fine. But try the Wonder Years because I think it's better. I mean, I, you could say spoilers, but this is fucking, you know, 30 years old now. So, um, but yeah, it, it, it ended without them, you know, her and him and Winnie getting together, too. So that, that was kind right. of a weird thing, you know, like that. Not a lot of shows back then did that type of stuff, which is cool. So, mm-hmm. uh, so my number two is definitely I think this is like when you think about coming of age movies, I think this is one all of mine are movies, actually. But I think this is one that I think this might be like the one that people would think of. And I think it's uh, The Breakfast Club. Man, I did not think of The Breakfast Club, but I should. It I guess, should have been on my I, list. I guess you didn't think of it. <laughs> so, I mean, I think everyone knows The Breakfast Club. But, surpri- I was, I, you know, I go back and I think about this movie. I've seen this movie probably like 20, 30 times. But it's not one that I think about that I've seen as many times as I have. And uh, I I mean, it's 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 a classic. I mean, it's it's really funny. Uh, it's, again, heartwarming. It's it's got every type of you can relate to one of the characters in this in the movie, you know, one way or another. You can relate to all of them. You know, it's a it's a, it's a John Hughes movie. So it's you know, it's got to have it's got to have heart and high school and all that stuff in it, too. And, and you know, it's it's. It's one of those that, like, I think you. It, it's one of those movies where if it's on TV and you click on it, you're not going to stop watching it until it's done. You know, um, I and that's probably how I've watched it many times. Is it's you know it's on TBS or whatever, and I was like, oh, this is on, and then boom, I just didn't stop watching it. You know, so yep. Um, and then I know my I had it on DVD. My mom loved it and seen it a million times. Yeah, it's it's just got everything. It's got lessons in it, you know, in terms of just like the the whole popularity uh, type of thing, and and getting along with people and and all that stuff. And um, it's got the authority figure with the with the principal, and it, yeah, it's it's great. It's 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 a classic for sure. And uh, it's it was very close to be my number one, but there's one that I've seen just a few more times and and have a little bit more admiration for. Yeah, I mean. It- I don't even have anything to add about The Breakfast Club. It's great. Great fucking movie. Love it. It, it, it comes on and off Netflix every now and then. It's not on now. I just checked. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you haven't seen The Breakfast Club, like, go fucking watch The Breakfast Club, man. Damn. 100%. Number one. I mean, it's super bad, right? Like, mm-hmm. super bad has, it's the last two weeks of high school. Fuck it. They're trying to get laid. I mean, it's it's kind of like American Pie. It's slightly updated after American Pie. Um, the reason that, that I connected so, so hard with Superbad at the time, because I think we were 16 or 17 when it came out. And mm-hmm. so we were getting ready to leave and we had like really tight friends and, and part of the movie is about separating from their friends because they're going uh, to different colleges. Mm-hmm. And uh, our friend Brett at the time, and it's funny to think about this uh, with Brett now because uh, he's a lot different, but at the time was like very straight laced, very <laughs> much, very much like uh, Michael Sarah's character in that. <laughs> And uh, I was super foul-mouthed and, like, a clown, like Jonah Hill's character in that movie. And so it definitely reminded me of the two of us at that time. And um, it was a big, like, it connected with me on an emotional level because I was getting ready to leave all my friends and go to a college nobody else was going to. And then it also had the aspects of, like, oh, let's go get laid and let's drink. And, like, that was about the time I first started, like, going to parties and drinking and stuff. And it was the perfect movie i've seen it probably 60 times because uh, mm-hmm. i we would watch it and drink beers when we weren't supposed to be drinking beers yet so like uh, i can pretty much recite the whole thing i know all the jokes uh there's some foul fucking jokes in this by the way um mm-hmm. but uh now i'm excited it's, uh, seth rogan evan goldberg uh or uh, not evan goldberg is it evan goldberg i think it, uh, i think it's evan goldberg 
I think it is Evan Goldberg. Uh, those two <clears throat> coming out now with um, Good Boys, which we just talked about. Uh, so very excited to see what they got next because Superbad is that's one of my top movies ever. Yeah, I I mean, I initially had it on my list, but I knew it'd be number one, so it'd be pointless for me to put it on there. Um, yeah, it'd just fair. be an automatic automatic kick the can. So um, it, it's, I definitely haven't seen it as much as you. I've seen it maybe like five times, and I think all of them were with you. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely funny. It's 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 uh, it, when you look back, I think in the in, in the two thousands, you know, two thousand to two thousand ten, I think that or two thousand nine, I guess through two thousand nine, it's one of those like classic comedies that I think we'll look oh, back God, yeah. on and that'll be kind of like that generation's. Um, I don't know. I'm trying to think of it, like a lampoon or you know shit like that where it's it's mm-hmm. uh, you know just a classic comedy everybody can quote and remember. So absolutely, two um, things I forgot. One, it has this super kick-ass like like funky disco soundtrack, and two, it pretty much introduced the world to Bill Hader because he's amazing in this. Oh yeah, as the cop, and I think that was his first big role if I'm remembering. Uh-huh. Um, he is awesome in it. Cla- total like if you know Bill Hader, this is definitely classic Bill Hader, and. Uh, and we owe it to Superbad. And, of course, McLovin and uh, Christopher Mintz-Plasse. Um, mm-hmm. Michael Sarah wasn't a huge deal yet. He had been in stuff, but not quite. Uh, this was pre-Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. So, um, yeah, the perfect cast. Uh, top to bottom, this movie's fucking great. What's McLovin's name in, in, in uh, Kick-Ass? The, the, the... Chris DeMille. Oh, no, like, what's, his, what's the, the villain that his name is? Oh, the motherfucker. <laughs> the motherfucker. <laughs> I kept wanting to think like the ball puncher or something, but I couldn't remember. Uh, <laughs> motherfucker. <clears throat> My number one is, I wouldn't necessarily say it. I mean, it, it is a coming of age movie. It might just be, a, it, it's one of those, like it could be on the line, but it's, it's, it's very much like a, you know, the a growth. There's a lot of growth in the, in the kids in this movie, but it's school of rock. Um, oh, fuck. Yeah. School of Rock is not just one of my favorite coming of age, not my favorite coming of age movie, but it's probably one of my, it's in my like probably top 10 movies of all time. I've, I've seen it so many times. Uh, it, this is one that was always on TBS or whatever. I would always catch it. I, you know, I've owned it since probably it came out on DVD. God, it's, it's, it's one of those, like you look back and it's, it, you look at it and like on a surface, it's kind of dumb, you know, like this guy, he is able to swindle a school into becoming the teacher and like create a band and all that stuff. But it has a ton of like accepting messages in it. There's like a, a YouTube video that goes through all of them and it's like a six minute video, you know, like there's, there's a ton of good messages in it. Uh, great music, really funny. Uh, it, yeah, link later fucking did this movie, which is again, weird to think about the guy who did boyhood yeah. and, and all that stuff. It made school of rock. It's one of those like it, it. This this one out of all the movies I mentioned, this has the most heart to it. You know, like mm-hmm. all like these kids all grow. They you know they all become you know they're all separate in the beginning, and they all come together and and really accept one another for whatever they are. You know, the, it, it tackles subjects like bullying and 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 uh, you know beca- becoming better. You know, becoming out of your shell and out of, out of the box and and growing as as a, as a person, especially as they're you know they're 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 at an age where they're no longer kids, but they're not adults yet too. You know, like mm-hmm. they're, they're all becoming into what they're going to be. It's a movie that I always wanted a sequel for, but now that's definitely not happening with some of these kids. I think one of them just got arrested recently, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's, it's great. Um, it made me love Jack Black for a while. And now I mean, I guess he's not bad, but he's not the best actor in the world. It's he's just made it, some strange choices. 
Yeah, he has. It's it's just a great movie from from top to bottom, start to finish. You could put it on any time, and you're gonna love it. And uh, I, I think with all the messages that in it, that are in it, it's it's definitely worth being worth being considered. At least in my eyes, my favorite coming of age movie. Yeah, I definitely. I think I I didn't think of it for my illness, but I, I would absolutely agree with you. Um, I think like self confidence is such a huge part of this movie, right? Because there's a lot of kids who feel like they're shy or whatever and they come out of their shells and i think that's that's the the biggest thing that lands with me in that movie but uh the music in this the rock that they use is fucking amazing the song like we still listen to that song when we were on road trips oh together. hell yeah like the school of rock song is fucking amazing yeah that one's a sweet and i know just you and i have seen it probably a dozen times so mm-hmm. uh, i know i know it's been a, a very frequently watched all right so that is our list five through one i know the folks out there are gonna have uh some that we missed uh let's run down a couple honorable mentions uh, and I only have a couple here that we didn't mention uh, in the lists proper. It uh, you mentioned we talked about Boy Meets World a little bit. Uh, Twenty one and over is one that I had. He's a little bit he's a little bit older, but he is still coming of age. Uh, and <laughs> we got Jeff Chang, and I think we've talked about that uh, oh, on no. the show before. <laughs> but uh, Twenty one and over, I think, is a fun one. And then uh, Stand by Me is one of the classics. Um, which is one that I haven't seen very many times, which is why I left it off my list, but I know it's really highly regarded, uh, based on a Stephen King novel, and uh, you want to go see a dead body and that whole thing. Uh, I'm sure some folks will say, like, The Goonies. I've never been a fan of The Goonies, to be honest with you, but I know others have. I, um, I don't have any others, um, other than the ones I've mentioned. Um, I own two copies of The Goonies. I've never seen it. Uh, I own two <laughs> copies on DVD. I won two copies at work separately, and I've never actually watched it, so... <laughs> It's been, uh, I saw it like probably 20 years ago, but uh, not not as an adult. So maybe it's one to go back to. Mm-hmm. Let us know on the tweets at underscore Cody Michael, at Seth O'Water, at Soko Show Pod, what you thought of our list and what you think that we need to add. Uh, join in the conversation and, and let us know where we went wrong. I know I didn't go wrong because Superbad's number one, but uh, it may be that we could have snuck some of the things in there. So let us know uh, what your thoughts are. All right. So speaking of coming of age uh we're gonna jump into some tv news really exciting bit of thing i know that uh, a lot of folks are looking forward to that's what she said tv so on today uh which was the 20th we got a trailer for season three of stranger things and uh stranger things may be one that we left off of the coming of age uh list there but i think when when it when the show finishes i think we'll be able to kind of add it uh into that list of things but um we talked before the show. I, I've never been a huge fan of Stranger Things. I like it a lot, um, but I'm not one that gets really really psyched about it. But I can tell you, man, this trailer got me revved up. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty interested to see where Gross. they go next. What, what, were you, what were some of your thoughts? Uh, yeah, no, this I actually didn't have the same thoughts of being revved up, but uh, <laughs> I, I, I definitely was way more excited after seeing the trailer than I thought I was going to be uh, for a couple of reasons. Well, one, the music was pretty sweet in it. When it starts off with uh, some home sweet home, you, you can't go wrong. Oh, there. yeah. I forgot about that all uh, because they have yeah. Bob O'Reilly and that's what I keep thinking of. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, they do have home sweet home. Um, and, yeah. So it seems like they're, they're going with... Uh, or at least the beginning was that uh, Dustin has come on home from, mm-hmm. I don't remember if there's something he was leaving at the end of the last season or not. I'm but betting it seemed... it's like a summer camp that he went to or something. Cause it's been, yeah. from what I understand, it's been a couple years since the last season. Yeah. Cause I, I mean, I, I don't, I think they filmed the, the second season like forever ago and then it was released, um, you know, uh, shortly after the, you know, for first, I think it was released a year after the first season and then there's been a little break, but there was clearly like, 
time. You know, they, 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 I think the reason I'm, I'm really excited about this season more than the other one, uh, season two, I guess, was that they're addressing the age thing because they've all clearly, you know, aged mm-hmm. now at this point. And that's going to be a theme in this season. You know, it seems like they're, they're all growing apart, kind of. And so I'm sure they're all, you know, come together and, you know, and, and back back together type of thing at the end. But, um, you know, that, that's going to be a theme is growing up and growing apart. Um, clearly with uh, Eleven and Finn Wolfhard as the actor. I don't, don't remember his character. It's Is it Mike? Mike, yeah. They're, they're going to be, you know, the, their relationship is probably going to grow more. Um, and that's going to probably create a rift in the group and that type of thing. So there's definitely a lot of themes that will that'll be predictable and fun. Uh, to see though too, and 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 have it play out with the group, you know, they, they, they I actually really like too that it's going to be a summer season. You know, it's not mm-hmm. going to be. You know, I've liked the the October stuff and that that you know like the especially the Halloween. It's fun. It's fun to like you know watch the show. Uh, you know it, when it's kind of getting chilly out and and you know have the have the Halloween stuff go on. But I think it's going to be cool and different dynamic. It's gonna th- it's gonna have another wrench in it. I love summer movies and shows where, you know, it takes place over the summer. So I think that's going to be really cool because you'll see, again, kind of a growing apart and coming back together, you know, when school starts and that type of thing again. Um, the 4th of July aspect is going to be really cool. Um, I, I'm just, I'm really excited for it. I'm way more excited than I thought I would be. And I think they're really going to, they took time with it. You know, this, this it's been a year and a half um, since the last season came out. They took time to make you know write the script and 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 actually make the make the show. So I'm I'm really excited for it. I actually have uh, our work gave us July 5th off be, for whatever reason. Um, so I'm gonna probably watch the entire show on July 5th. So <laughs> nice. <laughs> I think what what I noticed uh, from this trailer is it seems like the kids are maturing and the show is maturing with them. If you go yes, back to yep. season one, um, it's it's pretty jokey and I mean there's some scary shit in there, but it, it's it's pretty lighthearted in general. And then season two, a little bit less so. And I think this one's really going to be more of a grown-up show. Uh, the kids are going to start getting into some grown-up issues. And then there is a money shot of a monster in this trailer that is fucking awesome. Like, mm-hmm. there's the Demogorgon, and the Demogorgon is awesome monster design. But this, whatever this thing is, is is so cool. And I can't mm-hmm. wait to see how it fights or whatever it does. Um, and I think... Uh, I think the the sheriff in this and Will's mom, I think they're going to be interesting because the way they ended season two was, I think, in a cool spot. So mm-hmm. um, there's just they did such a great job so far with the show and the ensemble cast. And uh, I'm excited to see, you know, what's next. I don't they haven't said that this is the last season. Maybe they have another one after this. But uh, it's uh, something I know a lot of people are looking forward to. And coming out in July, I think, is good for it, too, because it's not during other TV so I know mm-hmm. you'll appreciate that it's in July and not during, yeah. you know, October when everything else is out. Yeah, it's you know, and, and I just like you said, it's maturing and and taking on different taking on different themes and taking on different time like the time of the year thing. I think is I personally think is big. Now I think I don't think this will be the last season, but I could definitely see it with whatever the last season happens, it going back to the October thing and kind of finishing out there full circle. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, you know, I'm I'm really excited just to see where they go with it now, and especially the time difference and and the the summer and all that stuff so i i will definitely be like i said probably watching it all on july 5th booyah you won't be the only one stranger things 3 comes out on july 4th 2019 uh check out the trailer we're going to link to it in the description box and if you haven't seen stranger things 1 and 2 it gets a high recommend uh from from both hosts of the soco show um check it out on netflix and uh let us know what your thoughts are of the trailer and 
uh, about how excited you are for, for season three coming up this summer. That's it for TV news, uh, but we're going to get into Seth's TV corner here in a second. And I, I will remind folks that as a part of our Oscar game, uh, Seth was the winner, and his, his stakes were that if he won, he wanted a new sounder for uh, the TV corner. So uh, you're going to hear that in just a second, and Seth is going to get into a review. This is Seth's TV Corner. Television! Down on the corner. Nobody puts baby in the corner. There you go. Seth's TV Corner. <laughs> I like I had, it. I had to take out the thing about the blowjob. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. That's a good one. I was, I was rocking out to it. Um, I went a number of different directions with it, but I'm happy with how it, how it finished. And then... Uh, I, I don't know. If, so OG fans, like real real fans of the show, will recognize. That's, yeah, I knew the television thing. <laughs> <laughs> that is from the the first ever episode of the SoCo show. The, the old television sounder. Uh, I had to work that one in. So oh, uh, a, a a young twenty five year old Cody Michael yelling television to a microphone. <laughs> I think my voice has dropped a little bit since then. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm growing up. Yeah, it has. <laughs> it, uh, I'm you know I'm a. Uh, <clears throat> Sorry, uh, it's something in my throat. Uh, I'm a man powerful. now, so uh, it's hard to think. Was I really 25 when we started the show? I think so, because we started July, and then your birthday, would, you would have been 26 in November, and then you turned 27 Holy this shit. past. Yeah. Man, I feel old, man. Time flies. <laughs> so you got a show. Well, it's, uh, I, this is a show that I think a lot of, uh, I've seen a lot of tweets about. It's a Hulu show. And it's one that I've been considering checking out. So your opinion is going to go a long way here. Oh, God. Too much pressure. Yeah, so this the, the show is Pen15. So for those who uh, weren't uh, childish young men, uh, um, that's penis. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's nasty. <laughs> Which, that never comes up in the show, from what I remember. Um, but... You know, it's 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 funny because you know it 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 makes sense for the show. <laughs> um, but so Pen Fifteen, uh, it stars a couple. I think they're comedians, actor-ish people. But uh, it's Maya Erskine, Erskine, I don't know, and Anna Conkle. Um, they play. So they're thirty. They're, they're actually thirty years old, but they play themselves when they were in middle school. Or, or, <laughs> I didn't know I, that. Maybe, That's hilarious. I, maybe not middle school. It might. I can't tell. I, I don't remember if they say what grade it is. It might be late elementary, early middle. I think it's middle school, early middle school. But yeah, it's themselves. They play themselves. They they do a really good job though of making them look young. Like they put braces on them and retainers on them, and you know cut their hair a certain way. It takes place in two. I do know it takes place in the year two thousand. So you know it's it, they they make sure the clothes are kind of. Uh, you know that style and the music they use music from that time and references from that time so it really puts you back in that time especially for people who grew up then what's sad and I'm just thinking about it now is like I was watching you know if you like watch an 80s show and you clearly see like oh it's 80s clothes you know like that type of thing especially we didn't grow up in the 80s mm-hmm. we, but we know like oh that's clearly 80s style I, thinking back now watching that show is like what I, 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 I know that they dress them up to look like they're in the two, you know early 2000s but to me it was like i it was it was like that just looks normal <laughs> so <laughs> that's just style <laughs> yeah yeah so uh, i'm clearly old 
but no, it, it's really that, that was that was a really fun part of the show is 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 seeing like all the, a lot of the references and music and all that stuff and like because we grew up in the you know in the two thousands uh, a lot of that stuff really rang true and, and made sense. Um, but in terms of the actual show itself, so they play themselves. Uh, their names are Maya and Anna in the show. They're best friends, inseparable. But they're like the nerds. They're 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 kind of their own friends. Like they're they they are their only friends to each other. Um, they're outcasts and all that stuff. And so uh, I think it's the show's ten episodes, half hour piece. So I know that's a, a selling point for you. Fuck yeah. Um, but you know it deals with a ton of different uh, different different topics. Almost like the way I thought about this was like a live action Big Mouth without hormone monsters. Um, <laughs> That's, you got me you got me with that <laughs> and it's it's not as like weird and and out there you know like they they deal with real topics and you know, for example they deal with things like divorce maya is asian so they deal with racism um they deal with they, they do deal with like masturbation they deal with uh periods they deal with like i guess puberty in general uh, relationships uh popularity pretty much anything you could think of for um, you know, growing up and being a, a preteen or teen in, in, you know, middle school, they deal with that type of stuff and they do it in a really, you know, they make jokes, but they do it in a really real way too. And, and like I said, you can't like, you might think saying me saying that these people are 30, but they play themselves is distracting. It's not, you know, I, it took a little bit for me to buy into the overall show and what they were going for. But once you buy in, like I was by episode five, I was like, it's one of those shows where I was like, I got to keep watching this because mm-hmm. the, the, for one, their relationship is great and it takes a lot of turns and things like that. But th- that's the heart of the show is, is Maya and Anna's relationship. And that it's, it's great to watch. Uh, it's very entertaining to watch, but because it tackles all these topics and uh, I guess for me too, takes place in a time that I'm very familiar with. I was really hook, line and sinker of the show after about episode five. Um, it doesn't take quite that long to get into the show, but that's when I was really hooked. Uh, I'd say the first couple episodes are kind of like where they're setting up everything and they're introducing to the characters and, and the supporting characters and the themes and things like that. And and then once you get past that um, and they really, they, they really do a good job of, of, of buying into everything and, and making you really care for these characters. Um, there are definitely some really, really cringe worthy moments and episodes in this show. Um, one for me, there's an episode about a thong and like discovering, uh, the, the girls discovering like thong underwear <laughs> and like this whole time is like, well, one, it's super embarrassing for, for them, but it's also like, they're trying not to get caught. And it's like ve- the whole time you're just like, Oh, this will be really awkward if they get caught. I don't want to <laughs> see that. <laughs> and the entire time I was just sitting there just like, ah. Oh. Oh, but it's great. So fucking great because I'm. It's I. I. I've, I've, by the way, I'm in. I'll watch this um, because <laughs> it's so. Like when I was a kid, when I was these girls' age, if I if I found out someone was wearing a thong, that was that was yeah. absolute boner material. Like yeah, and we, I hadn't, I didn't even know what a thong was, but I, I knew thongs were sexy. <laughs> yep. They just deal with so much stuff, and like I said, it's it's very similar to Big Mouth because they take on so many different topics. Um, you know, there's some really heartbreaking stuff in there, especially things like with divorce and you know, like the racism things. And they they do it a really good and you know earnest job of of you know displaying these things. But at the same time, there's some really funny moments and and all that too. So I uh, really really enjoy the show. Uh, you know, I saw like you said, I like 
there's a bunch of tweets about it, and I saw a ton, ton of people tweet about it. And I was kind of put off by it being, you know, them being 30, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. but um, it, it, that's not, that didn't really, even after the, like the 30 thing, the age thing, I never, that, that one kind of went away even after the first, first episode. I don't know. It, it's, it's just one of those shows that I think really anyone can relate to just because of like, like eighth grade and another example, not, I'm not an eighth grade girl, but I, I related that show in a bunch of ways, same thing or movie in a bunch of ways, same thing with this show. Um, there's just a lot here to really dive into and really enjoy, um, and, and, and really be caught up in. And so I, I loved it. I, I really did. Um, I think I would give it, I'm gonna give it a solid 4.5 cringy thong moments out of five. <laughs> 4.5 thong cringes is yeah, what, there you go. what Seth does when he puts his thongs on, um, <laughs> I, that's a that's a good rating. That's that's higher than mm-hmm. some of the stuff we've we've heard of lately. Uh, mm-hmm. You have sold me on this show, uh, and I'm sure some of our listeners will watch it as well. You can catch it on Hulu. Uh, yeah. Ten episodes, half an hour a piece. Hulu very occasionally any... does come out with something good, doesn't it? it I was gonna say if there's anything another selling point, it, it it's uh, you can use your Hulu account. So <laughs> I'm glad some I pay six bucks a month for the shit and I never get on it. So I'm glad you've used it. I did, yeah. I used your account. Um, there's another show on Hulu with AD Bryant that's getting good reviews, so I think I might try that out after I finish Arrested Development. Um, but it's uh, shrill, yeah, shrill. Uh, I am excited about that one. I've heard good things, and I like so, AD Bryant. I, she's so mm-hmm. underused on SNL, so I, I, that's one mm-hmm. I might. Hulu's going to get some work. I love it. Yeah, they also have Scrubs, so I've been I, I've randomly watched Scrubs episodes, so it, it it's been getting used. Don't worry, your six dollars a month is not going to complete waste. Thank goodness. Thank goodness. I spent about three times that in a week on McDonald's, so it's not really money I care about, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but uh, I'm glad it is being used. The show is Pen15. Uh, Seth recommends it 4.5 cringe thong cringes out of five. Uh, check it out. Let us know what you think uh, of Pen15. Television! Down on the corner. Nobody puts baby in the corner. There you have it. The TV corner is back. <laughs> That's gonna grow on me. I'm used to having it be super long. The old, the old uh, sounder was like 15 seconds long. Oh god, it was long. Yeah, so I have to like. Usually, I hit that and I like get a drink and like compose myself and then, you know, chill out. But now I gotta stay on my toes. It keeps the show moving right along, which I like. Uh, let's let's keep it rolling, and uh, it is time for us to make the quota. What's your name? Fuck you. That's my name. <laughs> my name is Inigo Montoya. And I quote. We have making the quota. One of our newer segments. Seth has found a quote from a random movie. Uh, he's going to read the quote. It is my job to guess who said it and in what movie. Seth, what do you got for us this week? <laughs> the taxidermist is stuffing my mother. Oh, I know this one. I know you do. Oh, the taxidermist is stuffing my mother. That's not super bad, is it? No, it's not. I didn't think so. Um... Is it, um, I don't think it's this either. Is that, um, shit, what's it called where he, Michael Sarah has two personalities? It's not that movie, no. is it? No. I know I've seen this one and I can hear it being oh. said, but I can't find yeah. Say it again like you, like you hear it in your head. A taxidermist is stuffing my mother. It's pretty close. I know you've seen this movie a lot. I think, I think Mike V of Mike's Wood will know this one right off the bat. Is it? Is Zach and Mary make a porno? It is not. Um, You're getting close, it, though. Uh, there are some shared actors in that movie. 
shit mike is screaming at the fucking in his car right now um yeah. on his way to come see me <laughs> it has uh lizzie kaplan oh i do know it um it's john cusack yeah in a hot tub time machine right but that's not that's not who says it though do you remember who says it he doesn't say that uh uh-uh oh yeah it's clark Gregg. is it clark Gregg? is that no is that his name <laughs> yeah, duke, duke? yeah clark, clark Gregg is clark Gregg is phil colson yeah clark duke <laughs> yep jacob is the character's name yeah man that took me okay that's that's why i couldn't get to him was because i was i was hearing like a deeper i was hearing like um sudeikis is what i was hearing i was no. hearing a, a different kind of voice than, than clark duke <laughs> no he he just like kind of blank face says it taxidermist is stuffing my mother yep um, yep yeah it's great that's so i was looking through the underrated and a, a movie that i've completely forgotten about but i know is hilarious it's a great movie i because i was looking through the quotes and it reminded me one of them was uh it was on the line the lines of he doesn't lose his arm i'm gonna tear it off myself <laughs> and the whole gag in that movie, like an entire movie long gag about him, the guy losing his arm near missing is so fucking funny. Oh, yeah. Like, it's great. That movie is so good. And by the time he loses it, it's a great moment. But God, that movie's funny. And it's actually kind of smart at times with the time tra- travel stuff. And yeah, great it's, cast. Uh, I love Hot Tub Time Machine. Let's give Hot Tub Time Machine our retro recommend this week. Ooh. That's right. On the same episode where we talked about the Breakfast Club earlier, Hot Tub Time Machine gets the the retro recommend. It's also um, kind of a it's kind of like a, a double meaning there because you know going back in time, retro recommend, Hot Tub Time Machine. Ooh, retro section. It's meta. That is super fucking meta. I love it. Uh, hot tub time machine this week and making the quota. What's your name? Fuck you. That's my name. <laughs> my name is Inigo Montoya. And I quote. All right, let's move on from our making the quota right into. We haven't done this in a couple weeks, but it's back. The high cothetical. What you want? What you want? What you gonna do? And what you gonna do? Tell me what you wanna do. Speaking. Uh, in case you're new to the show, uh, Seth is going to come up with a essentially a "would you rather" type of question. Uh, well, I, actually, I, need to I did kind of I kind of reformatted it, so Ooh, okay. uh, it's not ne- not necessarily. I, I did want to kind of kind of got a, I kind of got a little stale before, so I wanted to to redo it, make it a little more open ended, make you think about it a little bit more. So. Oh fuck! I got to be on my toes now. What do you got for me? Yeah. All right, so yeah, it's gonna it, basically this is a question or a conundrum for Cody to come up with uh, the answer for uh, this one, kind of along the same lines, but it's not a would you rather. It's it, it is something he has to think about and give give an answer to. So the hypothetical this week we mentioned last week in TV, I think that Crashing was canceled, mm-hmm. and it's a show that you, that you really liked, and got me thinking about you. We we all have shows that we wish would be able to come back or have one more season and that type of thing. So. Um, I don't know if crashing would that be that show for you, but um, your hypotheticals you can revive or get another season of a show that you love, but you also it also cancels another show that you watch that you love or maybe not love, but that you watch or that you're uh, you know on that you're that you enjoy at least. Um, so you have to you can choose the the show that you want to bring back, and the, but you also have to choose the show you want to cancel. Hmm, that's a good one. That is a good one. Um, let me think about this. 
trying to think of uh, some some shows that I liked that were canceled. Um, Happy Endings is one that I was enjoying. Uh, Mulaney. Do you remember Mulaney? <laughs> um, I don't think you want to revive that show. No. It was bad. I think it could be better. Now. I think if it had come out, if it had come out today, it, it would have done better. Um, Maybe. Uh, there's one called Weird Loners that I was watching on Hulu that I liked. Um, Crashing, of course. Um, the Get Down. The Get Down would definitely be on that list. I love The Get Down. Um... Those are all good ones. You can only choose one, though. You can only choose one, and I have to cancel the show that I'm watching now? Okay, so the show that I would give up right now, um, and let me explain this, because it's not because I don't like this show. Uh, the show I would give up is The Orville, and uh, reasons why is that it's it's the longest show I watch. It's an hour long. Um, <laughs> and it doesn't... So I really enjoy The Orville as a relax don't think about it kind of show like it it just is on for an hour and then i'm done i don't think much about it when i'm not watching it um it's a good show it just doesn't it's not doing a whole lot of um extra or shocking or anything like that for me um but i do like it so don't don't hear this as and i don't recommend it or anything like that but i I would give up the orville hmm i'm gonna pick the get down i am um because it's different and i think even outside of just me I think it's a, a cool show. It does a lot that's interesting stylistically, and it's black lead, and there just aren't enough black lead stuff. So mm-hmm. um, I would pick the get down. I would give up the Orville today to get back the get down. Uh, and I think also the thing about the get down um, is it has an awesome cast. Uh, Shamik Moore, who just is Miles Morales in Spider Verse, uh, he's one of the leads. You have mm-hmm. um, Justice Smith, who we're about to see make his his kind of feature debut in uh detective pikachu this summer um i think he's amazing uh jaden smith jaden smith i think is better than we give him credit for now he was bad in after earth don't get me wrong i'm not gonna defend that but uh i think i think he's got more chops than than we think and i'm hoping he gets another shot at something um, a little more for, in the forefront uh, at some point but uh, really great cast there's a, a um harrison guardiola i think is her name uh plays kind of the female lead in that and she is just so gorgeous and sings so well. I think she'll find she'll find a big famous thing somewhere. She's too talented not to. Uh, Giancarlo Esposito was in that show. It, it's got a great cast. It was really well written, and the the style of it was amazing. So it was different, and that that's why I loved it so much. Uh, and the music in it was perfect. I I, I could just listen to that soundtrack forever. And uh, so the Get Down is the show I would want back. That that's one of the shows that I've been the most disappointed. Like when Mulaney got canceled, I was like, okay, yeah, I get it. But the get down did shock me, and uh, even though I like the Orville, I like it a lot, and I would see, I would recommend it to folks. Uh, that that's what I would give up um, that I'm watching now to get back uh, to get back the get down. I knew you'd choose the get down. That's why I said it. Yeah, I'm glad you did because I might have forgotten it because um, I was going through my <laughs> I was going through my list, and as you could hear, I was I was entrenched entrenched in uh, mediocre sitcoms that got canceled after a season. <laughs> 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 but yeah, the get down is a, is a good pick for sure. I would go, I would uh, revive, or I would cancel Supergirl to get back Moody's Point from the Amanda Show. Moody's Point, fuck yeah. <laughs> God, Moody's Point. Moody! <laughs> I'm in a balloon. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, well, we are, we're giving up shows and we're getting some back. Uh, let us know on the tweets what you would give up and what you would get back. Uh, that can be I would just answer. give up Supergirl. I wouldn't even want to show back. I would just be like, get rid of Supergirl. You'd give up Supergirl to get an hour of your life back a week. Is what you do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Oh my gosh. Uh, that's this week's high hypothetical. What you want? What you want? What you gonna do? And what you gonna do? Tell me what you wanna do. So in this week's show, we had a reference to the Sheik, a reference to Macho Man Randy Savage. The Macho Man Randy Savage. Mm. Dig it. <laughs> oh, great stuff. Uh, we, we do like the WWE in case, um, in case you didn't know us. Uh, let's move forward from making the quota into a couple pieces of movie news. Quiet on the set. Can we please have quiet on the set? Movies. So the biggest movie news this week uh, is not something that, that requires long-form discussion because we've talked about it so much on the show, but the Disney-Fox merger has gone through and is complete. Uh, officially now, uh, Deadpool is famously uh, on the Disney side now, all the X-Men, Fantastic Four, and a whole bevy of other shit that you didn't even think about. The Terminator, uh, Alien and Predator, I believe, are part of it too. There's a ton of shit that is now owned by Disney. Basically, if a movie is coming out, assume it's made by, by Disney. If it's not, be surprised, because probably two-thirds of all movies are now made by Disney. Yeah, I mean, we've given our thoughts about this in the past. I don't much care. My hope is that, and we've, we've, we've gotten indications that we'll still get, like, Fox Searchlight putting out great indie movies as they have been in the last few years. Um, certain parts of Fox will still exist within the Disney organization, um, but they'll have the freedom to change up some things. So... Uh, even though I'm not for this apparent monopolization of the box office, uh, I'm glad that it's gone through, and I'm interested to see what, what they do first and what they do next. Um, so on to the next thing. Uh, it's funny to think about. They, this was just a fledgling idea when we first started the Soka show, and now yeah. it's officially happened. <laughs> yeah, we're, we've been doing this a long time. <laughs> um, I think the, the biggest news in terms of merger, though, is that the uh, world of the MCU... And the world of WWE films are coming together at WrestleMania when the Batista uh, takes on the star of the chaperone, Triple H. <laughs> that is, uh, we wouldn't have gotten that before the merger, but since the merger's gone through, <laughs> Batista can be on WrestleMania. <laughs> Batista, if you're not aware, it plays Drax the Destroyer on Guardians of the That's Galaxy. Um, and uh, hopefully his nipples are better after his, his nipple episode in, in Volume 2. <laughs> Oh, I hated that joke so much. But uh, I loved it. I know you did. <laughs> that one just made, it. and I think mostly it's because I, you know, have known Batista, known about Batista since you know I was fucking twelve, um, and it was weird to see a guy who, like, used to be a fucking beast just destroying people go, oh my nipples. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that did run pretty contrary to his wrestling persona. Yeah. We're not going to get far from uh, from Batista. He's going to be a theme of, of our, our pieces of news today. Uh, next big piece, James Gunn is back as the director of Guardians of the Galaxy Part 3, Volume 3, rather. Uh, my first uh, response to this is Issue that I, th three. I, I think this was always going to be the case. I think they were always mm -hmm. going to bring him back, and they were just waiting for the right time. We got an Avengers trailer this week that we're going to talk about in a second. Uh, Captain Marvel is blowing up the box office. So I think this was the right time for, for Disney to bring out news like this. I, I think it was always going to be the case. I don't think this is a surprise. The internet in general, pretty much in support of Gunn. It was a little bit of a surprise to me. I felt like it was mixed back when he was originally fired, but uh, it seems mm -hmm. overwhelmingly positive that he's coming back. The cast is showing their support. And uh, now we're going to have uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Um, I guess I don't know where you're 
excitement level was for volume three, but, but with J with James Gunn attached again, uh, how does it affect whether or not you're looking forward to that one? Yeah. I mean, I don't really care that much. Um, I, uh, you know, guardians two. I, I agree that it's not the best film, uh, out there. It's, it's a two hour long joke essentially. And some of the jokes landed for me, some of them didn't, but you know, it, it's not, it's definitely not my favorite MCU. I, am totally on the train of James Gunn is completely overrated. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, the first, I, I enjoyed the first guardians for the most part. The second one I thought was 50, 50 other than that, he's done like super, which I thought was an okay movie. He's people have him on this pedestal that I just doesn't make a ton of sense to me. And so, you know, people were freaking out about him being fired and all that stuff. And I just, I just didn't care, and when he got announced coming back, I just didn't care. Um, I, from what I understand too, I think you mentioned, you know, it's always happening. I think even Disney mentioned or Marvel, whoever mentioned that they had made this decision a couple months ago to bring him back, mm -hmm. but they wanted to wait and wanted to make sure their investigation, they investigated it more and all that stuff. Um, they wanted to make sure that it was, you know, good to go uh, before they announced it, and it was good timing with. Uh, they a lot of people. Uh, they run a lot of people's good graces with Captain Marvel and and you know the Avengers coming out next month. You know it's it's big news. But if they would announce this like after Endgame comes out, uh, I think that would have been more of a spotlight because I mean no matter what you know people say minus the other like the only thing I think that would take away from it would be like. Robert Downey Jr. is a you know child molester or something like that. Yeah. You know, like that you could pretty much announce anything and the only news that people care about is when can I see Avengers or I can't wait to see Avengers, you know, that type of thing. So mm -hmm. it was it was a right time to announce it. Made sense if they were gonna do it. In terms of why he got fired, like, yeah, I mean I I was on the side of like if Disney wanted to do it, that's up to them. You know, he they were his employer, you know, they were dumb tweets, definitely not funny jokes. You know, if they wanted to fire him, that's fine. Same thing of bringing them back. If they want to bring them back, that's fine. I don't care. I'll see the movie, but I'm not like I'm not really heavy on either side. I'm not a big James Gunn fan, but like, whatever. You know, bring him back. Yeah, I, I'm with you. Uh, I don't really care. I, I I did not like Guardians two at all. I thought it was bad. Um, but uh, I don't really care about the Guardians in general. I'll see it again. Uh, we talked about it last week. I'm, I'm gonna go fucking see it. Uh, but uh, we'll see whether or not I like it. Uh, I, I'm in, I guess I'm kind of in favor of having continuity of directors. So in that regard, I'm kind of glad he's back. So we don't get a big tonal shift. Uh, like mm -hmm. we have, for example, throughout the Thor movies. Um, but, uh, I don't know. We'll see. And if the cast is more in it because he's back, then, then great. You know, like you said, mm -hmm. this is Disney's decision to make, and it doesn't seem so clearly cut as other examples of controversies we've seen. So you know, uh, Disney made their decision and, and they've got the mouse to answer to. So they're probably mm -hmm. holding him to a higher standard than most of us even would. So uh, I guess, you know, welcome him back. And it's been a good uh, a good week for James Gunn. Uh, he was in the news also because as a part of all this, he's now part of the DC universe as well. And mm -hmm. uh, the Suicide Squad, next Suicide Squad movie is going to be directed by Gunn. And uh, we got news this week that it is not a sequel. Um, it's going to be a full reboot called The Suicide Squad. This guy didn't apparently see the social network and know that you can drop the the. But uh, The Suicide Squad, entire new reboot of Suicide Squad. We've heard in past weeks Idris Elba is 
Um, I, I apparently going to be playing Deadshot, replacing Will Smith. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't think we have any news about the rest of the cast. But uh, Tom Hardy's being rumored for. Uh, oh, what's his fucking nuts? Uh, the, the captain guy. The captain guy. Oh, he's the most yeah. boring character of all time. Hopefully, Tom Hardy makes him interesting. Well, that that actor is terrible. Yeah, he was bad. So I guess uh, let me ask you this: So Suicide Squad obviously left a bad taste in our mouths. For me, the knowledge that it's a it's a reboot, not a sequel, is good news because I think just distance yourself mm-hmm. away from that shit can of a movie. Um, but can Suicide Squad be a good movie? Do you think, or is this a property where it's not possible? I think it could be a good movie. I think part of it was the cast in that movie. I just don't think that cast worked well together. Um, I mean, other than Will Smith and Margot Robbie, mm-hmm. I don't think that was a super talented cast to begin mm-hmm. with. I definitely don't think uh, Cara Delevingne is a good actress at all. She can get Rick it, Flag. but she can't act. Rick Flag. That's it. I think yeah. his name. Yeah, he. that's who that one terrible actor played. I think that's who Tom Hardy would play. So if they get some, and if they're going to get some good, good people on the cast because James Gunn's involved with it. That's just how it's going to fucking work. So they're going to get some good cast. I think I think if they get some good casting, um, I, I from my understanding too is Margot Robbie still going to be in it too as as Harley Quinn. So that might be weird and can maybe a little confusing for people. I don't know, but yeah, I don't know. I, I could. I think there's a way that it's good. I, I think the way that the route they went with the 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 last one with you know the, the Huntress or whatever that was lame and dumb. And I think there's a way that this can all make sense and work well. So. I, I, I don't know if James Gunn is the right guy to do it. We'll see. But I, I think I'm going to reserve my judgment until I see more of the cast and they announce that. And, you know, just when we see footage, too, you know, so mm-hmm. uh, not not really excited for it after the first one. But I, I'm keeping my mind open, knowing what they're doing and it not being a direct sequel and all that stuff. Yeah, I think that's good thinking. And, and with this DCEU, I think it's... It- the The props that I will give to the DC folks is that this is a ballsy move to just totally wax what they had before and start fresh. Uh, I commend them for for trying that because a lot of, you know, uh, Marvel couldn't do that when they wanted to get rid of Hulk and recast him. They still had to keep that canon. They couldn't they couldn't change that. So um, I applaud them for for you know trying this. Uh, we'll see. It's you know I'll need to see some footage before I'm really on. And and I think this movie is gonna have to gain back some points. I'm afraid. Uh, for a lot of folks, they're gonna think Suicide Squad. It's it's a fart box. So it's gonna start from a place of having to impress people, myself included. So uh, we'll see. We'll see. But I do think that this whole thing has gotten him good press in a weird way. And he'll be able to get some top notch talent in there if he wants it. So uh, we'll keep an eye out for Suic- the Suicide Squad. Uh, no release date or anything uh, yet, so still a long ways off. But it is in the works. James Gunn playing both sides of the DC-Marvel uh, rivalry. I mentioned uh, that we're not going to stray far from Batista in this show. Uh, Batista, of course, former w- former and current WWE superstar. And uh, Seth reviewed last week Fighting With My Family, which is based on WWE and uh, the life of, of Paige. Uh, Paige in that movie was played by Florence Pugh, British actress, and uh, we got word that she is going to be participating in the MCU soon. Uh, she apparently is in talks to play the villain in the upcoming Black Widow standalone movie. Now, we haven't talked much about the Black Widow standalone movie. I'm for it. I, I think it's way overdue. Um, where are you on the Black Widow movie, and what do you think of the addition of Florence Pugh to the cast? Uh, I think it could be cool. I'm, I mean, 
it's MCU, so I'm going to go see it no matter what it is. So, you know, I, I like ScarJo. I like her character. I think if they ground it more in reality or um, at least in a world where she uh, guns Matters. make sense. Yeah. <laughs> like guns make sense to kill someone or attack, you know, hurt someone that, you know, that that'll be good. Uh, I I like Florence Pugh a lot. Uh, I mean, I, I've talked about briefly about fighting, fighting with my family and she did a really great job. I, li- I like her a lot. Um, I think she's a good actress and, and uh, you know, I, I'm excited to see her work, work in the MCU. I be interesting to see cause she's, she's definitely a smaller person. Um, so she's not going to be very intimidating. Probably. She's not a very intimidating looking person. <laughs> so I don't know. She, I mean, she, she actually did train uh, in wrestling you know, she trained to be to to be able to uh, you know take bumps and and things like that as a wrestler. Um, so she you know she does have some athletic ability and 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 is able to kind of get in there and, and fight. So I'm sure she'll probably learn how to do some fighting and things like that if that's the way they go and base it more in reality. So I mean that's a positive. Um, you know, and, and I believed her performance. So you know, it's cool. I'm, I'm excited for her to be involved in that movie. Yeah, she's trained in the hand-to-hand stuff, and uh, I like her look, and uh, from what I hear, she's got some chops, so uh, I'm for this, and I'm definitely for ScarJo uh, leading the way in Black Widow, so um, I think this is a movie that could be a good actual movie based on an MCU character, like outside of all the free points it gets for being an MCU movie. I feel like Black Widow could be a good movie. Uh, if, If Red Sparrow were made well, it would have been a Black Widow movie, and uh, I think they have a chance to learn from that movie and from everything they've done in the MCU and put out something good. So I am excited for Black Widow. Uh, we have to wait a little while for it. But um, Florence Pugh versus ScarJo, a lot of sexiness on the screen. Uh, a couple of horns for that one. So we'll keep an eye out for that. All right, a couple more pieces of news from some of our favorite uh, directors. Uh, Jordan Peele being the first, and he's, of course, in the news this week because it's the, the premiere of Us which uh, by all by all accounts is fucking terrifying and a great horror movie. Some are saying the best of all time. So um, as of, tom- well, tomorrow from the date of our recording, uh, we're going to be seeing uh, us on premiere night. So by the time this podcast drops, you can go out and see us. And I can already tell you we're going to recommend it. Uh, I'm a little worried about, I think like sphincters across the world are going to be like cramped from having clenched during this movie from what I hear about how scary it is. So uh, we'll be keeping an eye out for us, and we'll review it on next week's podcast, but us is not the point. Uh, Jordan Peele's next film afterwards is going to be a remake of the 90s horror film Candyman, and I think we talked about this on the show in the past, but um, we got a release date for 2020. So next year, Jordan Peele's Candyman is going to be releasing, and I think that's a great horror character to bring back. Um, so I think this could be really well done. He's, is a black lead. So that's right up Peel's alley. Um, I don't know. I, I know you don't know much about Candyman, but since Peel is involved, assuming us is good, which it probably is going to be, um, does Peel being attached get you to this? Yeah, more than likely. I, I don't know. We'll see. Um, like I said, it'll, it'll depend on how I feel about us and, um, you know, if it'll, I'm sure it'll have some sort of message involved. So is he writing and directing it? Not sure. I think so. I would assume he is. Um, but he'll have some canon to work with and around, so it'll be a little bit different than fully original yeah. Peel stuff, but yeah. If he's writing and directing it, I'll, I'll probably, you know, that's one of those things where it's like 95% sure I'll be in, but if he's not writing and directing it, you know, then we'll see. That'll depend on kind of the reaction and things like that to it. 
Um, you know, it, it seems weird that, you know, he might be writing and directing it just because it seems like he's much more of a guy who's, uh, you know, original. Mm-hmm. I mean, he likes his original ideas and he likes to make a statement. Now, not saying you can't make a statement with, with Candyman, because I, like you said, I don't know the story of it that well, but... I, you know, I feel like that's just the way he is, is, is original. And I know he's doing the Twilight Zone, but I don't think he's writing and directing all of it. He's just more hosting that thing. So, you know, we'll see. We'll see. I, am I necessarily excited? No, not really. But, you know, if, if it just depends on how it comes out. So I did look up uh, this new one, and it looks like uh, I need to correct. He's writing but not directing, apparently. According okay. to IMDb, the director is Naya DaCosta. So Peel is involved okay. in the writing, and this is going to be a, they're calling it a spiritual sequel to the 92 movie where uh, Ch- the Chicago neighborhood that he terrorized in the first movie has now been gentrified, and Candyman is going back there 30 years later. So uh, I think they could get into some interesting shit, uh, interesting stuff there. So uh, Candyman going to be played by Yahya Abdul-Mateen, who we recently saw as uh, Black Manta in Aquaman. So... A lot of interesting stuff going around about Candyman. We're going to keep an eye on that. I love my my uh, slasher reboot, so I'll be there for sure. And I think when we counted down our top directors, your number one director, I think, was Christopher Nolan. Am I remembering that correctly? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, he's got a bit of news. Uh, it's, it seems like we're getting very small bits of news one at a time about his next mm-hmm. film, and apparently we got some more this week. We did. We got casting. Uh, so we really don't know what the movie's going to be about yet. There was some rumors early on early on a few weeks ago that uh people were uh releasing his news and then kind of got debunked and now we're getting some official news though um the casting so far is that uh john david washington who is the lead in black Klansman, and he also played uh he plays ricky jarrett in ballers um is going to be a lead as along with robert pattinson um so that's Hmm. that's real really interesting casting and i like that a lot um I mean, I think a lot of I think there's still some people who look at like Robert Pattinson who see, you know, Twilight Kid, but he has really done some really incredible work over the last few years in some of these more independent movies. He's really earning uh, the reputation uh, of of or he's wanting to earn the reputation of being an actor. You know, like a, a really hardworking and uh, interesting and different actor because he's he's taken on a lot of different roles uh i think you know i talked i think we were doing the podcast or maybe just maybe not yet maybe we hadn't started it yet but uh, the movie good time is an incredible movie uh and he he was the lead of that he was robert pattinson he was he was great in that movie and that really opened my eyes to to see to to him and, and his ability so um i can't wait to see him take on a role in a christopher nolan film same thing with uh john david washington he's you know, before before Black Klansman, I knew him from Ballers, but, you know, he was fine in that. You know, he plays a pretty stereotypical character for what an NFL wide receiver would be. But then seeing him and Black Klansman uh, taking on a completely different role, uh, great job. So uh, I'm excited. Some really good talent associated with that movie so far. Nolan is one of those for me. I'm there. Like you said, Nolan movie. I was like, I'm there. You put John David Washington in it. I'm super there. Uh, mm-hmm. I've not seen so much of Robert Pattinson, so he... But just hearing you talk about him, I, I'm stoked to see what he's going to do next. Mm-hmm. And if he's getting a vote of confidence from Christopher Nolan, then fuck yeah, I'm there. Mm-hmm. Um, this could be interesting. And I think it's going to be cool to see, like, nothing about the those two being cast suggests to me in any way what that movie could be about. And I think that's really cool and fun. 
mm-hmm. uh, to kind of wonder about what uh, what Nolan's doing next because he's so varied that it could be fucking any, it could be dinosaurs for all we know. Twenty um, twenty mm-hmm. is when we're expecting this, or twenty twenty one. Yeah, twenty twenty. I think tw- I think twenty twenty. Yeah, I, I I could definitely see this now, like because Pattinson, you know, obviously he did the Twilight stuff and got fame from that, but I think this could really be something where it shows him as a, as a not just a you know star, but a prestige actor, and people start casting him in, in more of these prestige uh, films, and you know, gets him in, in the Academy Award conversation, which I think he deserved to be it for for a good time, to be honest. But I think this this will bring light to him more in terms of the way people look at him, really kind of clear that up. And and just being, a, you know, because Chris Nolan's not going to cast someone who can't act, you know. Right. And, and all of Chris Nolan's films, they have some sort of recognition awards-wise, whether, you know, usually there's one actor, whether it be lead or supporting, that's nominated. I, I think that this is going to give Robert Pattinson a big platform to show his chops in, in, on, on a huge stage in front of a lot of eyes who pay attention critically. So I'm excited for it. I, I that This casting made me even more excited, and I was already super excited for it. So Love it. I'm right there with you. Uh, 2020, we're expecting new Nolan. So we'll keep an eye on that. And as soon as we know what the fuck it's about, uh, we'll certainly tell you as well. Let's jump from movie news into we had a great, great fucking week for trailers, dude. I mean, we're going to talk about four of them here now. Uh, I've seen three of them and they all blew me away completely. Gross. And uh, (laughs) they I've been critical of trailers in the past. Listeners of the show will know this. Um, I do watch some. And, uh, particularly one that I watched today that you, you actually texted me this morning. You're like, you got to watch this trailer. And it's a movie called Lucy in the sky. And it is Natalie Portman check. It is about, uh, her being an astronaut double check. And it's about this phenomenon that's based on real stuff where, uh, someone who has been to space and seen earth from off of it, uh, there's a form of depression that can come from that. And when you come back to Earth, it fucks up how you perceive the world now by having that different perspective of, of the planet and things. Um, and it seems like that's what she's dealing with in this movie. It seems very like creatively done and very stylized with some mm-hmm. kind of um, fantasy elements. I'll put quotes around fantasy elements, maybe some like hallucinogenic or some imaginative things going on. It seems like most of the movie will take place with her on Earth, but she's thinking a lot about space. And I watched this trailer and I immediately said, I texted you about this. She's nominated for Best Actress, bet fucking money. Uh, I don't know about the movie, we'll see, but I bet I bet Natalie Portman's nominated. Um, there's a single shot of this uh, trailer where she's, she's in her spacesuit looking at Earth and just kind of being in awe about it and kind of tears welling up in her eyes. And I was like, I'm there. It's the first shot of the trailer and I was like, I'm in, stop the trailer now. <laughs> uh, I'm so charged up for this movie. I don't even know when it comes out yet. I don't think we've got a release date, but it is this year. And um, you were totally right. It is, is straight up my alley and I'll be there night one whenever the fuck that is. Yeah, I knew. I watched the trailer yesterday and as soon as I watched it, I'm like, yeah, this is definitely something that Cody will be in for. Yeah, that shot of her in space looking down on Earth and the tears and all that. I was like, yep, that's... That's definitely down his alley. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a pretty cool cast, too. John Hamm is involved um, as well. I think there's a few others that I can't think of off the top. That's the type of people I can picture that I've known. I've seen them in things, but I just can't name. Yeah, it's it, it looks really interesting. I didn't know, honestly, that that was a thing um, about oh, yeah. people having depression. Um, so that's pretty cool. I think 
that that's what I like. I enjoy space movies, but I really am way more interested in a, in a deep character study. And if it, you know, the 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 driving point of the plot's going to be because of space and Natalie Portman. Um, I am very very much in. Um, yeah, I th- I thought. You know, I've talked about how how big of a fan I was of Vox Lux, and then her performance in it was great, uh, even though she's only in about half of it. But you know, I thought that she deserves some recognition for that. Um, she's just she's one of the best actresses out there, and I know she took like a little break. She had a kid and stuff, and and so now I think she's getting back into it and starting to get some of these deep roles. Even though she's doing more, it seems like independent type movies, which this kind of seems more of one because it is a Fox Searchlight movie. You know, I, I think she's really. She's done the big stuff, but now she's wanting to really dive deep and probably get another Oscar nomination. So um, I am I'm very excited to check this one out. I'm excited we're getting more of these trailers that are independent and smaller movies or more character study movies. Um, now that we're getting into the you know uh, first quarter towards the end of the first quarter of the year, uh, I'm ex- really excited to to get more of these movies and get to some of these independent stuff. So. I think this is going to be a movie that you and I both, and this happens, but not as much as, as some people might think. I think we're both going to love this movie because, mm-hmm. um, it's, I'm reading the the premise on it and I don't want to, I don't want to read it because it, it, I think it gives some stuff away. Um, and I'd rather just people go watch the trailer, but there's some stuff in here. I want you to go read it because it, it's, uh, I think it sounds like your type of movie and my type of movie had a baby. And um, <laughs> you mentioned the cast. Uh, uh, Zazie Beetz is on this as well. Yes. Um, yep, yep. And Nick Offerman also in a small role. So uh, oh, it's okay. a great cast. I'm on the Wikipedia for it. And it, it says distributed by Walt Disney Studios. So <laughs> Wikipedia wasn't wasn't uh, wasn't slow on this. Interesting fact. I also just learned um, Reese Witherspoon was the original lead for this. But she uh, she Ugh. dropped out to do the second season of Big Little Lies. So um, I'm actually I'm glad, I'm glad for that. Was... I, I prefer Natalie Portman. Yeah. So. I'm as as psyched for this as I've been for any movie in a long time. So uh, Lucy in the Sky, no release date, uh, but you can bet that you'll hear more about it on this show as it gets closer. A movie that's coming out this summer that uh, I won't see, but but you will, is Toy Story 4. And we've gotten a couple of teasers for it, uh, but finally a full trailer that I think is is telling us what the actual point of this movie is and what's going to happen. Sounds pretty Woody-centric. Uh, so <laughs> tell me where you're Gross. at on on this new trailer for Toy Story 4. Um, I definitely have a Woody for this trailer. Get out um, of here. Get out of here. Oh, <laughs> that's nasty. Yep, you knew that was coming. Uh, um, so, yeah, no, it definitely gets a little bit more into the story here. They So what the premise seems to be, um, you know, at, at the end of Toy Story 3, Woody and Buzz and the entire crew uh, was given off to a new girl. Uh, Andy gave it off to uh, them all off to a girl. Um, as he was going off to college, which was a rough moment, uh, as this movie came out as we were going off to college <laughs> or just that had just happened and all could that Could have made our coming of age list. It could have. This girl instead of, you know, she plays the toys, but she prefers uh, apparently to make them and she makes, uh, forky or sporky or whatever. She, a lot of like, you know, those pipe cleaner things and all that stuff. And it's her favorite toy. And, uh, the toy ends up getting sporky or whatever gets ends up getting lost and Woody is trying to go find it um, on, on his way. He ends up like at an amusement park. It looks like uh, he sees Bo Peep there um, who I, I forgot, but yeah, she wasn't in toy story three. And so they kind of bring that story together and they, 
it seems like they're kind of going with one of those like again kind of like a you know growing apart it seems like it's going to be almost like a mix of all three movies in a way because like there's the getting back home thing but also like growing apart growing old things like that too so it might be like kind of a culmination of all three movies they definitely show in the trailer like moments from all three movies too um there's like clips of all three movies um the for example when, when andy gives the toys away to the girl they show that they show moments from like the first movie where he's playing with andy's a young kid and he's playing with uh, buddy uh buzz and woody and stuff and so i think that's kind of what they're going for is like you know this is a culmination of all the movies um this is gonna fucking wreck you if you like these movies <laughs> um they they're just i think they're they're really going for a, a wrap-up and, and toy story 3 ended in a perfect way but i feel like they wouldn't make another one if they didn't have a story to tell with it so a toy story to tell mm. um but uh there you go exactly exactly um so i'm excited i i 100 believe in what in, in them i think they're gonna do a great job i'm excited for it i i i get there's that there's some criticism because they're you know because of the things like the spork and all that stuff but you know it i i think at this point they've earned with all three movies being movies that people rave about i think that they've earned plenty of trust to make this and uh they obviously took time with it it's been 10 years you know same thing with like incredibles and all that stuff too so very excited can't wait to check this out um and it will probably destroy me so here we go <laughs> i'm not into toy story but i understand why people are and great um so not to sound belittling but uh in a in a sentence this plot is um <laughs> a cowboy goes to get a fork and that's uh-huh. it. so you know the the fact that Pixar can take a sentence that brief and uh, spin it into what I'm sure will be a a, a fun ride that people will really enjoy uh, says a lot about Pixar. So mm. we will see when Toy Story four drops this summer, uh, and we'll have a, a a tearful review of it. I'm sure uh, from one Seth Ott when it does drop. I was very surprised and excited this morning to wake up to a new trailer to uh, my number two most anticipated movie of this year. Uh, which is Quentin Tarantino's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And man, like, I'm excited for this Lucy in the Sky movie, especially because I didn't see it coming. I had no idea what this was before. But Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is a movie that I've been excited for. And now the first look has just ramped me way up. Uh, I think this has a cool aesthetic. It's like the late 60s, I think, in Hollywood. Uh, we have Leonardo DiCaprio as an actor and Brad Pitt as his stunt double. Uh, Bruce Lee features in this uh, in this trailer <laughs> in a hilarious way that I love. And Margot Robbie is just looking fine as hell. As uh, Sharon Tate, I think is her name. And yeah. uh, got a little glimpse of, I think, uh, Charles Manson, who is going to have... Which, if you watch this trailer and then... I tell you Charles Manson is in this, it's going to seem confusing because the trailer does not allude to any Charles Manson stuff other than showing brief shots of him. Um, but this looks super Tarantino. There's some witty dialogue. The shot, the, I mean, it looks gorgeous the way that it's shot. They somehow managed to put you right in the the wardrobe, I think is a big part of it, in the music. Um, it looks like DiCaprio and, and Brad Pitt are having a lot of fun here. And it just it looks like vintage Tarantino in a setting that I love. Uh, a couple great jokes. I'm I'm revved up. It was a short trailer, only 90 seconds or so. Doesn't doesn't give a whole lot away. But I am charged up. But that doesn't mean anything. Everyone knew 
that I was going to be charged up for once upon a time in Hollywood. So Seth, what was your, what was your reaction to this one? Well, I know I can already hear when they're announcing, um, Oscar nominations that this is going to be one of the best pictures. I can already hear it. You're goddamn once right. Once upon a time in Hollywood. I can already hear it in my head. <laughs> um, and then someone's going to say dick poop. <laughs> um, Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dick! I gotta get a Dick Poop sounder. Oh, you have that's to. Gonna that's, confuse, my... that's gonna confuse people who don't get that joke. But <laughs> still, my favorite moment ever of Oscars. No, I can already hear it. But yeah, it it looks great. They're definitely selling it as Quentin Tarantino's ninth film. That's all over the fucking trailer. <laughs> He's been doing um, that. He did it for a Hateful Eight too. And, yeah. uh, it, well, it was his eighth, obviously, but, um, mm-hmm. he's been doing that, I think because he's been saying that he'll retire after 10. So he's like ramping uh-huh. up and being like, get excited for my ninth. But yeah, they, they definitely put that all over shit. <laughs> Is he going to cast everyone in Hollywood for his 10th one? Because he pretty much did for this one. So anyone, like if you didn't get cast in once upon a time in Hollywood, you're just not a very good actor. Sorry, but this <laughs> is, this is your awakening. <laughs> you know who did get cast in it? It's Kevin Smith's kid, Harley Quinn. Is that she's right? I didn't know that. Yeah. She's in the trailer for like a second, but no, uh, it, yeah. Incredible cast. Like you said, I mean, Leo, Leo, Brad Pitt and Margot Robbie, I would be in for any movie that they're all in together. Um, that like right there with Leo and Brad Pitt, like that, that for me is like a comparison. If you look at like today's NFL, that's like fucking, that's like Tom Brady and, and Aaron Rodgers you yeah. know, playing on, you know, like that, that's, that's that, that type of thing. They're going to be acting. Um, you know, of course, like in support of each other, but you know, against each other, and it's it's gonna be it's gonna be really cool to see. They're they're both incredible actors. Uh, Margot Robbie has has proved herself as a, as a really a, a prestige actress as well. Yeah, it's it's gonna be really cool. Um, I I am very excited for it. I don't know what else to say. <laughs> like it's 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 one of those like I even the look of it looks like. Like they, they just kind of dialed it back, you know, it's kind of grainy and, and that type of thing. And yep. these a lot of different wide angles and stuff like that. So uh, I'm, I'm excited. It, it looks really cool. I'm uh, I'm cranked up for this. It I, This is amazing to me. I think they've only acted in one movie before together. Together. Yeah. yeah. And it was a short. It was a Scorsese short film that came out in 2015 called The Audition, which I've never heard of. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the only time they've ever appeared together. It seems like they should have by now, but they finally are. And this is, I think... We're going to link to this as we are all of the trailers. Go watch this because it it does a, the thing that trailers should do. It gives you the vibe of the movie, but it doesn't tell you really what the plot is. Um, and mm-hmm. the vibe that it's setting up is absolutely a world I want to live in. And um, it takes a lot to get me to want to live in 60s America, <laughs> but Tarantino will get me there. So um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood this July is when you can see that. So we're going to link to the... The trailer, make sure you go check those all out. Uh, we're also linking to all of the trailer reactions at Jared Buckendall that you can check out on YouTube. But we do have, Seth, one more trailer that we need to get to here. and uh, The it, Chaperone 2. <laughs> starring Triple H again. <laughs> Avengers Endgame dropped its first, uh, Is it? well, I guess it's second trailer. No, second. Second yeah. trailer. And this, uh, this got me pretty fired up, man. Um, we finally get the Avengers theme in this and Mm -hmm. they did an interesting thing in here where they showed you clips from prior movies. Uh, you could see clips of, of Thor, Captain America and Iron Man. And I thought that was really cool the way they did that. 
and uh, they did it in kind of black and white, which was cool. This Tony Stark monologue that they've shown in each of the trailers so far, I love. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm excited to see that scene in the movies uh, with him kind of, he's drifting in space. And so they give you, they kind of set you up and get you a little little emotionally worked up. And then they just hammer you with awesome music and cool shots and hero. It's just hero shot one after another showing everybody in it. Uh, and then you have the Avengers theme. Like, it's, it's, it at this point shouldn't be very hard to make an Avengers trailer this awesome, but they did it and they crushed it and I'm excited. Like, they got mm-hmm. me in the palm of their hand and I'm going to go. All right, simple as that. <laughs> uh, um, no, definitely a, a really good trailer. Um, they already came out and said, the Russos both said that there are scenes, multiple scenes in this trailer that have been manipulated mm-hmm. um, that are not going to be in the actual movie. So uh, they did that in the last one too. Famously, the Hulk thing from where he was the Hulkbuster instead of the Hulk uh, in the movie. In the movie, is Hulkbuster. In the trailer, is Hulk. But yeah, stuff like that. I mean, there's going to be plenty of that, I think, because they they really want to throw people off and make everything a surprise. They believe in that, and that's that's why. I mean, I love those guys. Those guys are really, really great filmmakers. Um, so it's cool that they're doing that and they're in control of this stuff too. Yeah, like you said, the the monologue with Stark is pretty awesome. The I was kind of disappointed, and again, it could just be a throw off too. But it did show Stark and Nebula with the Avengers, and obviously, again, obviously, we knew they're all going to be together again you know, like that was coming, but mm-hmm. I kind of would have liked that shot to be safe for the movie uh, when I see it, but that's I, the risk you take so, with seeing these. So I agree with you. Um, and I'm, I'm, and at this point, you know, it's hard to know whether or not it's real, but now I'm thinking about it. So it doesn't matter whether or not it's real. Um, uh-huh. but regardless of whether or not it's a spoiler, that shot is fucking awesome. Like, no, the, it's really cool. It, I love one of my, it, mm, we should do like one of our, we should do our favorites for mama number five, like cliched shots at some point. <laughs> um, my favorite, one of my favorite cliched shots is this slow-mo, uh, walk into the space shuttle, uh, which is in every space movie ever made. And that's the scene, the shot in the trailer that we're talking about is them walking into a space shuttle. And man, did I, I was standing up when I watched it and I started walking around in my room like, let's fucking go. And I was excited. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it, even though it may be a little bit of a spoiler, uh, to see that, uh, I hope that it's not, I hope that they change it up a little bit, but I was still revved up when I saw it. Yeah, it, definitely a cool shot. Um, kind of reminiscent of the first Avengers when they're all coming together and stuff too. But, um, and I think they do a similar shot like that in like civil war, maybe where they're all kind of in a hangar and all that stuff. But anyway, um, Definitely really, really well done trailer. I loved that they cut in some of the old shots. That's like one of those goosebump moments where mm-hmm. you kind of see like, yeah, we spent a fucking decade with these people. A lot of people are speculating about different things. One rumor that I kind of like that was interesting is that there's a lot of red in this trailer, um, especially where like they do show the old scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a red is pointed out. Um, they show like the dusting and red is pointed out there. Red is the reality stone. Um, so that could be, maybe they're going to manipulate reality in a, a lot in this, that type of thing. So that mm. could be cool. They, they definitely have a lot of themes in in these, especially like the, you know, the Russos have a lot of themes running throughout these movies. So that could be interesting. And they, they are always trying to, they, I mean, throughout this, the entire marketing for the last movie and then coming up to this one too, there's a, they, they definitely tried to put puzzles and things like that. And, and not just the trailers, but like their Twitter and stuff like that to try and mislead people and also have people figure things out so 
There's an entire yeah, I, there's an entire industry right now around like if you want to read some fan theories and some over analysis of like brief things in trailer you can do that forever. Like there's an entire mm-hmm. industry around that right now and I don't participate in it, but I, it's fun. Like, you know, if that's mm-hmm. what you want to do, great. Uh so yeah, to your heart's content, just Google yeah. like breakdown of of the Avengers trailer and you'll find more shit than you probably want to read. <laughs> Yeah, that one I thought was, like, that one's one of the more ones that I thought was interesting just because, like, I think it's pretty intentional that they would do color like that. Mm-hmm. So may, there has to be some sort of meaning. Maybe, maybe not, though. They, they could just be throwing people off. Who knows? But, uh, no, yeah, obviously, like, we're all very excited for it. It made me even more excited. It's only about a month away. Yo. Tickets got to be going on sale soon. So um, very, very excited. Can't wait to check it out. I will say this. Of, of, the, of the flashback shots and of all the shots in the MCU, for that matter... Captain America looking into that mirror that's supposed to put your face into the soldier and he's too small. That is a perfect shot. Like I, I, I didn't think enough about it when I watched the original Captain America, but that is a perfect fucking shot. It sums up his character in just one shot and it gives me chills even just to think about. Um, <laughs> and so I loved it when I saw it in the trailer because especially knowing what you know now about Captain America, that's an amazing one. And it, I don't think he gets enough credit because mm-hmm. I don't think the original Captain America gets enough credit. If you weren't already excited for Avengers Endgame, I can't help you. <laughs> but uh, but this trailer might. So uh, we're going to link to it. Jared did a reaction, I think, to three of the four that we've seen today. I don't know if he did Lucy in the Sky. But uh, we're going to link to all the Jared... At Jared Buckendall. That, uh, that you uh, want to uh, want to watch. So you can head over to the YouTube and see what he thinks of all these trailers. Let us know what you think on the tweets and uh, be a part of the conversation. All right. So that is upcoming. Uh, Those are all movies we have yet to see, but we want to talk about one movie that we have seen Uh, more specifically. Seth has seen a Netflix original. That's getting a lot of buzz. I've heard some, some positive, some negative Uh, banging cast in a Netflix action movie. Uh, Seth, tell us what you thought of this one. Had a chance to check out um, the, like I said, Netflix movie, triple, triple frontier. Start, I mean, like I said, it's, it's a pretty star-studded cast. It has Ben Affleck, o- Oscar Isaac, Charlie Hunnam, uh, Garrett Hedlund, and Pedro Pascal are kind of the main the main stars here. Uh, they play a group of former um, military, government-type people. You know, all work together. We're, we're really close friends and have all since, other than, other than Oscar Isaac you know, kind of gone off and, and done their own thing and, and kind of created their own lives. Uh, Oscar Isaac needs their help to take down uh, this guy he's been chasing for a while and also get some money in the process. So he recruits them all, brings them back together, kind of like an Ocean's Oceans movie. And that, that's that's uh, very much uh, the, the style of this movie. It's a heist movie, uh, but kind of in an unconventional way, kind of reminiscent of an Ocean's movie, though. So uh, Oscar Isaac is definitely like the... You know, kind of, he's the leader for the most part. Uh, ben Affleck's also kind of the leader too, but he's a little bit more reckless. Um, he's definitely in it for the money, and that kind of comes into play in in some of the actions that he is. He's you know greedy type of guy, and and uh, comes into play in in in, term, in terms of certain points of the movie. So yeah, it's it's a it's kind of an unconventional heist movie in that you know I think you even see it in the trailer, but they get to this guy they find the money and there's way more money than they than they anticipate and so it's heist in that they're trying to get this money they're in like mexico or south america or something i can't remember exactly where and they're trying to get all this money it's like 
hundreds of millions of dollars. So it's like very heavy and all that stuff. They're trying to get this money back home or I think maybe back to Mexico. I don't remember exactly where it takes, all takes place, but so it's like a shitload of money, like a helicopter's worth of helicopter toting worth money. It's like insane amount of money. And, and it's unconventional in that way. Cause it's more about like this trek than it is like getting money from point A to point B, you know, like in a normal heist movie, it's way more about the trek and the journey. So that's kind of interesting. They kind of take that heist movie idea and, and spin it on its head a little bit. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, because of that, you know, it it's a little bit more of a drawn out thing. You know, it's not it's not like you might think if you look at the trailer that type of thing. It's more of a you know an explosion gunfight type of fest. When really it's it's not. I mean, there's definitely gunfighting and some cool explosions and things like that. But it's it's much more of a slower paced. But in a good way, uh, type of of affair. I really liked all of the. So the cast is great. Uh, Charlie Hunnam, who I do enjoy, his the, he's the only negative I thought I had with the cast because he uh, he kind of slips in and out of his accent mm-hmm. quite a bit in this movie because he's very British and he's doing an American accent, kind of like he did with Jacks on Sons of Anarchy. But you can tell it's not something he's practiced prior like he you know he was he was i never really noticed it noticed it in sons of anarchy but he's been doing british accents on a lot of his stuff um so it's not something he's probably been in practice on so you can kind of tell in this movie that it's kind of going back and forth uh so that's a little distracting um other than that though i mean his performance is pretty good and all that too all all the performances are really really solid in this movie i really enjoyed oscar isaac and ben affleck's uh dynamic together they they work they played off each other super well as as a whole that group i really like their chemistry i think that would be one knock and i think jared mentioned that too is like you don't get as much time with this group you know you'd like to see their dynamic a little bit more because they they are fun together you can tell like from the beginning they they do a good job of establishing them as like old friends and um you know people who really care for each other and all that stuff too so there maybe could have been a little bit more time with that especially you know up front um and even towards the middle too other on this journey of diving more that um i didn't think it was necessarily like a detriment but i would have liked to see that more as a whole, though, I mean, I, I did really enjoy it. I, you know, I had a good time. Um, I didn't expect much going in, so my expectations are pretty low. But uh, I enjoyed it. I had a good time. It's, it's, you know, nothing like that will blow your mind or will make you think differently about a heist movie. Kind of like Logan Lucky was that for me. Whereas, like, this is incredible. I, you know, I really, really enjoyed it. And I thought it was really smart and all that stuff. You know, this is kind of smart, but it's not. You know, it's it's a for the most part pretty service level. But they do take some nice liberties with the heist film and, and make it different enough where it's still interesting, you know? Uh, so I thought that was pretty cool. Um, as, as a whole, I mean, it's on Netflix, so everyone and their mom has a Netflix account. Check this out. It's it's worth the watch. I think it's um, got enough entertainment value. Again, different enough of plot, really good performances, um, good music too, some really int- uh, really intense music in the movie that's cool. Yeah, it's it's just it's a it's a good ride. So it's uh like I know you're gonna be on a plane later on this week. That might be a good plane movie to watch. So uh, no, it's a, it's a it's a good time though. Nice. That'll get my adrenaline pumping for when we land in Vegas. So uh, maybe, that, <laughs> maybe that is a good idea. Uh, yeah, as Seth said, we're gonna link to Jared's review as well at Jared Buckendall. But uh, this gets a recommend from Seth. Uh, I'm 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 happy to hear you say that because I was nervous about this movie. Uh, seeing the cast, I was really stoked. And then I saw some mixed things on Twitter and um made me kind of nervous but uh, i i am a fan of ben affleck so i always want to see him in good stuff 
And lately, the stuff he's been in has been The Accountant and Batman. So um, I was hoping for a, a good Affleck uh, pretty soon here. And it sounds like we're getting that. So that is pretty exciting. And, uh, you know, a bunch of dudes team up to steal some shit. Is a, that's a genre I enjoy. So I will be checking out Triple Fun- Frontier. And you, the listener, should as well. If you've seen it, let us know what you think of it at underscore Cody Michael, at Soko Show Potter, at Seth O'Ott. Uh, if you disagree with Seth, uh, tweet at him and tell him he's an idiot. Either way, make sure you go out and watch Triple Frontier on Netflix. All right, that's going to bring us to the end of the show. But before we go, we got to bring you one more thing. But I'm down to one more, one more thing. So my one more thing is <laughs> so dumb. But uh, I have to tell people about it because I saw this on Twitter and I saw uh, it was basically a video of this this girl playing a game and this game I'm going to make sure I get it the name right so people can go download it and I'll link to it in the description down below uh, if you're in the Google Play Store the game is called Scream Go Stickman and if you know me I don't have phone games uh, I, I never really play games on my phone so uh, I got this because it looked funny to me, and it is hilarious. So, Scream Go Stick Man, you're you're a stick guy, and basically you have to run from the left side of your screen to the right side of your screen and jump over holes, right? So, very simple, except the way that you run is by yelling into your phone. <laughs> and the, what? the speed at which this guy runs and the, the height and distance that he jumps depends on how loud you scream into your phone. <laughs> What the fuck? It is hilarious. Like, I played it for like five minutes a couple nights ago, and I'm just alone in my apartment going, ah, 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 and that's how you play the game. And you can't not laugh while you're playing. It, if nothing else, it's a free game. If nothing else, it's worth downloading and trying once and then like showing it to your friends at parties. It's just that kind of stupid ass funny thing, but it is hilarious. I love it. And it's it's hard too. But yeah, you'll just be screaming for no reason. And it's it's surprisingly fun. I know it sounds stupid and it definitely is, but it's very, very funny. So I, I just want to recommend that folks take, just take 10 minutes and just try it once. And I guarantee that you'll have a good laugh over it. That sounds completely ridiculous. Oh, it is. <laughs> My one more thing is um, the last couple of years now that I, you you did a year before it, I, I did, but kind of discovering the, the actual... F- one fun time, I, I, one time, one fun time to celebrate something in Cedar Rapids, where I'm still located. Uh, that's St. Patty's Day. St. Patty's Day, they do they do it upright in Cedar Rapids. Um, it's no matter what day it is, they they make sure people get out and drink as early as possible. Um, so yeah, this past Sunday, uh, I got up at about nine o'clock and and uh, had myself a mule and started 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 my day off right. So um, I, I would. Say if you ever get a chance, if you're if you're um, in Iowa or or want to have a fun St. Patty's Day, and maybe not as a, as intense as like a Chicago or something, uh, uh, Cedar Rapids is a, is a good way to do it. They, you know, have a, have a fun parade. All the bars open up real early. Um, you know, got all kinds of specials and drink beer, uh, green beer, and and people dress up and and all that stuff. So it's it's actually a really really fun time, uh, especially if it's not cold. And the, and the nice thing too, is that usually if you start drinking that early, you can get home early enough too. So, um, but no, I had, I had a good time. I had, had my, had my green hat on a green shirt, green glasses, all kinds of stuff. So one day a year you can be Irish and, and Cedar Rapids is not a bad place to, to, uh, to celebrate it. 
I can vouch for that. It's a pretty fun day in CR. Um, and I can also vouch for the fact that Seth has this pretty sweet looking beard on right now. And <laughs> I saw pictures of you with your hat on and you looked Irish as fuck. So I know you had a good time. <laughs> it's a growing. My gr- my beard is a growing. So uh, I, I like it. It's uh, It'll probably stay for a while at least. There you go. Ladies. Seth's growing some nice thick thigh ticklers on there, so uh, <laughs> let him know if you want to go for a ride. <laughs> Jesus. There it is. Uh, thigh ticklers <laughs> and the scream game <laughs> this week and one more thing. One more thing. That's going to bring us to the end of episode 86. And before we go, uh, I, I guess I win oh, this week, fuck. Seth. Did, I didn't did, even think about do it. You know what, uh, do you know what the word of the week was? Thigh ticklers. <laughs> I wish it was. <laughs> no, and no, it may, I missed it. It may be for another week. Let's see if you can remember when I said it. Uh, the word of the week was sphincter. <laughs> see, that's not that. That's not that out of the realm of of uh, possibility, though. Like, I, you you've said that before on the podcast. Well, yeah, I guess that's fair. Well, so I need to so make kind- up words. No, I, I have to work. make up like dilly wanger or something like that. I'll say dilly wanger next week on the show. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying though. Sphincter is is something that I do use. Yeah. Uh, in regular conversation, but that doesn't mean it wasn't the word of the week this week, and I still win. So I think feedback for next week is that you need to use something that you know it's not normally in your vocabulary, and it, it needs and, to be a dead giveaway. Okay. It doesn't, no, it doesn't have to be a dead giveaway, but like sphincter is something I've heard you say many times in my life. I don't think I've ever heard you say like fucking like uh, abacus. And I'm not saying you would use that word, but. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I, I get what you mean. I still think sphincter was a good word, but I'll make them more wacky. I will. I'll make them a little more wacky next week. I know. Even I... wacky would be kind of an interesting one for you to use. <laughs> Did you just say wacky? <laughs> exactly. That'll be a good one. Uh, let's do this. If uh, if you have me on Twitter, at underscore Cody Michael, send me a direct message so Seth can't see it. Let me know what you want next week's secret word of the week to be. And maybe, just maybe, I'll use it on next week's show. For now, though, that's going to bring us to the end of episode 86. Let's give a quick shout-out to our sponsors before we go. We have audibletrial.com slash SoCo, 30 days in your first book for free. Free! Uh, Mathis Designs on Etsy. It's etsy.com slash shop slash Mathis Designs. And Mike's Wood at etsy.com slash shop slash corn fed and wed. No. (laughs) I don't know what the hell that was. Uh, uh, Once again, this was episode 86. Make sure you come on back for 87. (laughs) Uh, for Seth Ott, this has been Sir Fisty McRopes the Third, and we will see you next week. Bye. Bye.